to the Save Room Plays, the podcast where we talk about the games we're touching and the games that are touching us. My name is Kevin. And my name is Daniel. The whole touching thing seems inappropriate for the content of this episode, huh? Yeah, but I'm touched by the sentiment of it. Mm, you know what? Sometimes you can't help that things start bad. <laughs> sure. I guess it's how you recover in the end that matters Like most. this podcast. Right? Like this podcast. Well, Kevin, how are you doing today? <laughs> you've been playing a lot of halo this weekend so i'm playing like a lot of halo this weekend i feel like you're you're reliving your your childhood i don't know if halo was like my childhood oh no no i, I mean resident evil was like resident yeah. evil was my childhood and gex enter the gecko <laughs> was my childhood a, a fucking banger yeah. i'm waiting for gex to come back man gex the world needs gex more than ever i feel hmm you don't you're you don't feel this way. I'm just thinking in like kind of in terms of tiers of like remakes or uh, there I would cry. Yeah, you're right. I violations of franchises. I feel like you want Dino Crisis more than Gex, but oh know. yeah, without a question. The oh granted, they're in different lanes, right? You mascot versus. I would slit Gex's throat for Dino Crisis. Oh my god, you would kill a childhood friend <laughs> for dinosaurs? <laughs> yeah, dude, that's fair. I would kill him. Oh, those dinosaurs are so cool, though. Well, I mean, all that to say, I feel like you've just been yeah. having, like, a really good week, really good weekend. I've hear, hearing nothing but, like, just happiness coming out of your happiness. room. It's, it's taking... such a joy of a game. We'll get into my impressions, but I just yeah. want to say, top of the episode, this is the most fun that I've had with a multiplayer game in, like, a very long time. Wow. Like, uh... And it's guilt-free, too. Yeah, and I don't... I'm not worried about the massive amounts of harassment and crunch that went into this game. They delayed it a whole year to make it good, right? Yeah. But if you didn't know, last episode, this is the... We had, we ended on a cliffhanger going, yeah. will they shadow drop Halo Infinite's they, online? They did. And they fucking did. What a hype thing, by the way. Microsoft yeah. does such hype shit. Well, was for uh, Microsoft and Xbox's, what, 20th year anniversary? Uh, yeah, it was Which 20 is... years of Xbox. They also had a bunch of backwards compatible games added to uh, Xbox. Including 50 Cent, Blood in the Sand. Including 50 Cent, Blood yeah. in the Sand. That, that list is actually really interesting. It's 70 games, but they said they're not going to do any more. Uh-huh. So it's like, this is the end. Which sucks. I've always liked that, especially in the um, uh, Xbox One era, yeah. where like they had like just such a like vibrant list of backwards compatibility mm. game, backwards compatible games uh, that would come out like every week, uh, which is really cool. And it's just like, yeah, you're giving us reasons to like want to be in that ecosystem and just be like, here's the Xbox library. It should always be at the tip of your 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 gamer hands, right? And I like that. Kind of like un- unlike what nintendo is doing with their switch online <laughs> we'll get to that too we'll get to that too yeah um another banger on that list is resident evil operation raccoon city they brought it back baby you you got quiet is i mean is that compelling you is it compelling all? me i when i get a series x i'm gonna be going through some some classics that i don't have access to it's gonna be great there's so many they, the whole fear trilogy uh they added remember how i just uh downloaded all the fucking fear games i do and, remember that because it was like eight bucks on humble and I played through... I couldn't play one. My PC wouldn't run one for some reason. Really? It's fucking egregious. But I played part two. Part two on stream. And I tried to play a little bit of part three. I like two more. Except for the ending. So... Because your main character gets raped in the end. Oh. Just let you know. That's serious. Yes. It's weird. To this day, it is a blemish on that fucking game, which is otherwise a great horror shooter. Hmm. <laughs> Just to let and maybe you know. it's a good thing you weren't able. To play I have that to on mention stream. it. I yeah. have to mention it every time. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm reading the summary here from uh, news.xbox.com, popular site. Uh, in celebration of their 20th anniversary, they've added 70 plus 
Xbox 360 and original Xbox games to the backwards compatibility library on both Xbox One and Series X. So that's cool that they're bringing it to both uh, generations there. Literally all generations of Xbox games can be played, which is pretty great. These games benefit from the power of Xbox Series X S. All games support auto HDR, and many will receive a resolution enhancement. That's pretty cool. It's like an automatic HDR. Yeah. We've also enabled FPS boost for 11 titles added and 26 more titles from the existing library. They did that to some of the Bethesda games. Yeah. I think FPS boost is there for like Fallout 3 and New Vegas as well. Yeah. And then they yeah. said, and beginning today, which was a week ago, uh, FPS boost is rolling out to the Xbox cloud gaming beta for select titles like Fallout 76 and Fallout 4. I think this is a great way to celebrate 20 years of Xbox. I think this is awesome. Yeah. So. Do you really? I do. When are you getting a fucking Xbox? When are you getting an Xbox? I've been trying. Have you? <laughs> okay, listen. I, we're going to keep each other accountable here. I haven't been trying, and if I am trying, I'm trying for you, buddy. Listen, where where, where did the moxie go for the Xbox? I, I've been hearing stories about this guy getting a Series S. I do talk about that a lot, how I'm just like, yeah, I would love to get a Series S. There's no S. There's no S here. I don't see an S. Okay. We need to get you in the Halo is what this is really about. I know. I feel a little bit of FOMO with it. You're like, missing out on years of Halo. And so here's the thing. Like, I did not have a very, I don't know, robust history with uh, Halo in, in high school or college like a lot of my friends did. Yeah. Uh, there were a few LAN parties that I went to after I graduated high school where we would, like, you know, get together, play Halo 2, and play Super Smash Brothers Melee. Uh, and it was just like 16 of us and it was a lot of fun you know we eat doritos we play video games the boys of summer were having their fun you know it was right. great but i that was really it for me like you know i never had an xbox that that i owned to my name so like yep. even in college when my friends like had the 360 and like were, you know continuing on with it i i just never continued playing the halo games and it, even then i was like oh it seems like it's still the great arena shooter that it was back in like 2006 when I played it. Um, and what I'm hearing of Infinite is just like this multiplayer is just hitting for everybody in all the right ways in terms of like, you That's know, it. being nostalgic and doing new things. And I, I always wondered if like arena shooters like still had some of that staying power, especially in the, the new era of like battle royales and like competitive mm. uh shooters like overwatch right like kind of team versus situations but it seems like it's still there for people which is great it is there yeah. for people and it is great and battle royales will die because of it oh i don't think halo will shoot them down <laughs> in the streets <laughs> run them and then over. lob two grenades at them master chief's gonna run over Fortnite in his warthog <laughs> Yeah, no, it's 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 a great lot of fun. Again, I said I I will get into it mm. at the tail end of the episode sure. because this is one of those coveted save room plays. No, 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 no. It's a news play. It's save room news play. Thank you for bringing it on in. We are, I'm your correspondent, Kevin. How you doing? Hi, right, I'm the other correspondent, Daniel. We had a lot of news. Most of it bad this week. We got to talk about we got it. Three hefty news items. One of them's really hefty. Yeah, but this and is terrible. It's it's ongoing, right? As we we've, we've said on previous episodes, the stuff with Activision, Blizzard, ABK, like it it's not getting any better. What was the what's the K again? The cock media or something? Yeah, it's like a just another conglomerate that's attached to it, which is Jesus. Weird. Okay, well anyway, uh, should we get into that, or do, we don't do any like preamble, do we? Let's do the plug. Hey, if you didn't know, you can find this podcast over on SoundCloud.com slash show. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, or coming out of a warthog in, in Halo Infinite multiplayer. Mm-hmm. You know? Or RSS feeds. Yeah. 
And you can find us on Twitch too. Is that Kevin, a thing that people use. I'm sure like internet savvy <sighs> people. I don't use an it's RSS feed. It's just an embed feature. I had to is. learn about it in order to <laughs> <laughs> fucking host a podcast. Um, don't worry about it. You're, you're too all fucked right, up in your head right. about the RSS feeds. I just don't understand that. We could stop mentioning it. No. Okay, then this is your uh, cross to Barry. There's two things in a podcast you always have to mention: yeah. the RSS feeds and also the me undies. <laughs> One and two. <laughs> you know, it's one of those things where other podcasts just say, oh, you can find us on podcast services around the globe. You the know? fuck? It's the thing that people say. Nah, you gotta be... Su- well, which ones? <sighs> if I was a listener, I'd be like, which ones? And then when they didn't tell me, I would die of an anxiety attack. Well, fucking take out your phone, Johnny Jimbo, yeah. and fucking just search the save room. Wake up, Samurai. It's Johnny Jimbo coming at you. <laughs> you can find us. Although, there is another save room on Spotify now. What? There is another save room on Spotify? Yeah. Is it a gaming podcast? I think it's like a gaming slash lifestyle slash mental health podcast. That's our podcast. <laughs> I don't know if you would want to call us a mental health podcast. We're, me- we're we mental make, health positivity. We make people mentally unwell listening to our content. <laughs> um, Are they newer? What, what's going on? What? It's You can just look at it. Look at it on, on Spotify It's upsetting. Quick. We yeah. should have trademarked this. But they do the podcast. thing, too, where they have the, the actual save room uh, typewriter from Resident Evil. What the fuck? Do I need to show you this real quick? Yeah, you got to show me this. All right, you got on. these fucking doppelgangers. Do they know about us? I hope they do. They're probably I listening to this episode. Of us. Going like, Jesus Christ. What's yeah, wrong so... with these guys? Do they even like plan these episodes? So here it is. No, it... we don't, other save room. <laughs> it's the save room podcast with Jason O'Donnell. And uh, this is what it... Oh, it's like a type font. That's cute. Yeah, it is, it's, it's nice. How many uh, episodes are there? Uh, they don't really number them. They don't but, number their what episodes? episodes? Like, let's talk about new metal. Uh... What, is, what do you mean talk about new metal? <laughs> real business real resi business oh yeah resi business sorry son of a bitch <laughs> with the lads you know we should do a save room v save room crossover yeah can we can we want to reach out to these people yeah. listen i'm not trying to have like turf wars over the name yeah you know the save room exists for we only have right? wars with turfs <laughs> <laughs> well we will be continuing our war with turfs on twitch this is like the third time this has happened <laughs> well it started too like when we started our podcast yeah. uh that there was already a save room that was kind of on its way out and we've been here uh, for like five years right so like we're not we're not going anywhere i guess so jason o'donnell we're not moving God damn it. We should have called our podcast like the original name, mm. uh, Heart Containers and 808s. That would have been a good one. <laughs> we, we had, had a few fun. names we were throwing around. We names. Pixel yeah. Hearts or some shit like that. We'd have to find the old notebook. I don't know. I have no idea. Yeah. Well, other save room, we wish you great success. Kind of like the success we have not found ourselves. <laughs> we're trying. We're trying. Uh, let me do the Twitch plug. Jesus. So you can find Kevin over at <laughs> twitch.tv slash the red herb. <laughs> Where he's been playing a lot of Halo Infinite. Playing a lot of fucking Halo. And other things. I think Far Cry 6. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Still still working on Far Cry 6. Um, the longest game ever made. Jesus. It's the Ubisoft curse. You ever play a game and you're like, just end? Yeah. End, please. It was also a Ubisoft game called Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Oh, I never wanted that Odyssey yeah. then. That was a beautiful game. Oh, I love it. But I'm just like, yeah. at hour 70, and I'm like, is this going to end anytime soon? What did I plug into? 150 hours of that game? Something like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I feel like um, come the end of year wrap for like uh, PlayStation, right? Like yeah. that's probably going to be like high on my list. Even though they only do like top three, like I feel like it's it might be there. Really? Yeah. I don't. I have no idea what mine could be. Uh, this if, year. if I had to project, it would probably be Returnal, 
Returnal. Uh, Persona 5 Royal, and then maybe Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Any other year it would have been Overwatch, but this year Overwatch is dead. You're fucking dead. Dead game. buried you, Overwatch. I don't care yeah. what you do. We're hurting the devs. That's what the devs said. They said, you're hurting us by not playing our game continually. Sorry. From 2016. we got to take a stand somewhere. You know? It's true. Um, and by not guys, playing a game we already paid for. <laughs> if you guys want to take a stand and support yeah. me, you can find me over at twitch.tv slash Dungeons and Daniels. Is your next stream? I don't know. <laughs> I was thinking of maybe doing like a small stream tomorrow morning. Go back to Near Replicant and do like a speed run. Oh. Because that's one of the trophies. You have to beat the game in under 15 hours. But I was watching... <laughs> a hell of a speed run. I know. But I was watching somebody do it on um, on YouTube and they did it under three. So I'm like, maybe I can get okay. somewhere in the six hour range if Perhaps I'm lucky. You I don't know. Uh, I'm recording a podcast tomorrow though with Sterling of Memory Card Memoirs. We're doing an Ocarina of Time episode. So like, I want to make sure I don't run long on a stream. So I can, you know, feel well rested enough to bring my best energy for that. Did you, did he already do a Breath of the Wild episode? Because why are you doing like old shit? Oh, well, you know, it's important. Oh, memoirs. Memoirs. <laughs> yeah, okay. That Memory makes card sense. memoirs. Nobody cares about Ocarina. Oh, so we're coming on the 23 year anniversary uh-huh. of Ocarina time. Gotcha. And it's a dead game. You're right. So you're saying you should have grown out it already. <laughs> uh, yeah, probably, probably. <laughs> dead game, man. There's no scene. I went on there, barely get a match. <laughs> <laughs> there's no metagame anymore it's just like you, it's finite what the fuck i don't even think they're patching it anymore <laughs> um but yeah that's kind of the plug there i want to say something real quick before we get into the the news please god no and we'll keep we'll keep this short two minutes okay we saw marvel's the eternals last night and I want to just say, I was surprised by how much I like that. I film. like that movie. Yeah, I like that movie. I, I've been hearing a lot of a lot of poo pooing out there. People are saying, "Oh, it's a Marvel's first dud." First of all, their first dud was Iron Man two. You should have known that already. Ooh. Absolute dud, piece uh, of shit. Definitely Thor: Dark World. What an embarrassing performance from Mickey Rourke, by the way. But <laughs> Eternals, good stuff. Yeah, good it's a different stuff. tone and flavor for the the mcu yeah. and like it's an interesting just tone piece and character piece right. to, to kick off phase four i don't know i really adored it i was thinking i was going to be kind of thrown off by the fact that it's like god there's 10 main characters and you're introducing us to this new mythos new people but i think they did a really good job with the pacing of like setting up all the characters and making me care about them all like equally and stick with their motivations yeah. and, and focus on them more so than like you know whatever the threat was i the few knocks that i have against it were um, some of the characters didn't quite land for me, even if I did understand them. Like, Angeli- Angelina Jolie's whole thing didn't, mm-hmm. like, land. And the fact that she was going basically, like, rampant wasn't really, like... She had the mad weary. Yeah, the, ma- <laughs> the mad on, weary. Everybody gets the mad weary. It's even funnier. Yes. But, yeah, that didn't really play into anything. It's just... It was just kind of a thing, right? Mm-hmm. Like, she didn't get mad weary at the end of the, the movie and, like, betray everyone. Like, it just... It she just, got over it. It's just... Yeah, she just got over it. She, was, <laughs> <laughs> she just got the, over it, right? It's funny. But, um, and the other thing is that the deviants themselves, which are these fucking cosmic alien dogs that eat humans for fun, um, were so generic that it was like, you could tell that they're like, hey, we don't want to scare kids Mm -hmm. with like a, like a horror design. So we're going to give this like very sleek and boring, but threat thing that Mm -hmm. comes your way. And it's like, eh, it's a little uninspired. That, That was it. Especially when there's a more interesting cosmic threat at play there. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, that was my worry going into it. Like, there's two main problems I have with, like, Marvel movies in terms of villains and antagonists, where it's like, 
you make the hero fight a villain that is exactly them in a just different colored suit, right? Yeah. And it's just like, who's punching harder? You know, whoever punches harder is going to win. Or fighting just weak-looking Glass Joe enemies. Like, I think of the Chitari. I even think of that the enemies in the last act of uh, Shang-Chi, where it's like, they're just kind of flying nothing shapes that I don't yeah, really care a, about. Yeah, a lot of that. But a lot of that. That's how it felt. I do like, Yeah, I do like, though, that the, the Deviants had more of, like, kind of a lore reason for being there. And when you get the one that, like, is kind of the leader of them all, I started to like it a little bit more. Um, yeah. Bill Skarsgård, by the yeah. way. Yeah. You could barely tell it was him. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, overall, I really liked it. Gemma Chan was a really good lead mm-hmm. in this film. And it was cool seeing Kumail come in and be, like, cocky as fuck because, you know, he got all jacked for this role. Yeah. <laughs> and doing his dances and whatnot because he's a Bollywood actor. Mm-hmm. It was fucking great. Um and the visuals, like, some of the visuals, I was like, I've never seen this, like, in a film, period. Yeah, Chloe Zhao, like, really, like, kind of made her mark, like, in a big cinematic way with that movie. Where, like, I think yeah. she did just smaller stuff prior to this, right? Nomadland was the no. uh, last thing that she yeah. did right before this. And got the Academy Award for yeah. her, right? Like, she's very, like, tasteful with her, her shots and, like, yeah. cinematography. Something very regal, very, like, classic yeah. about, like, the way the shots are set up. Like, it, it very much didn't vibe like a Marvel movie as yeah. much as it did as, like, a thing unto itself. Which, I like that because a lot of, like, Marvel origin movies have this kind of like flavor and like just standard stamp mm. on them and this thing just did its own thing and it, yeah. it succeeded wildly with it and yeah like you were saying her elegance like with directing i like the way she how she hit it through different eras because it's a very like historical movie that takes place during right. different like centuries and periods of human history and it's just like i think she just nailed the feel of like everything. Yeah, it feels like a really big movie that tells a very small story yeah which exactly. is interesting but it was like it takes place over like seven centuries yeah seven thousand years <laughs> or seven thousand like years internals. that's not seven what? no centuries. it's, it's seven centuries yeah. 100 years right daniel daniel no centuries how many is a thousand years a millennium ah seven millennia sir seven millennia yeah. Was it just 700 years? 7,000 years. Yes. Yeah, no, the, the movie took place in 7,000 years. We're getting centuries wrong. <laughs> but that's what they said, though, I think. Did they say that? I thought they said seven centuries. We got to watch all no, two hours and no 37 minutes of this film again to figure this out. Well, anyway, out. yeah, it takes place over 7,000 years. And is... gamers, fun fact for you, the director <laughs> said that one of her influences was Final Fantasy. Really? To, to tell this story. Yeah. Which you can tell, like, ensemble, you know, larger-than-life elements, uh weird technology that's kind of like old mm. ancient technology and stuff it's cool it's i cool. thought it was a really interesting sci-fi movie at its yeah, core too, yeah yeah that's with too. like a cosmic threat and uh richard madden by the way yeah uh, from game of thrones and mr uh kit harrington coming in and there's a character named cersei and yeah. i actually found out too that the uh composer who did game of thrones in westworld did the music for this so it's got a very Game of Thronesy feel through it. He also did the original Iron Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he hasn't done a Marvel film since Iron Man. He refused to do two. He said it. Hmm. He said this is the most embarrassing <laughs> I've ever. Like Mickey Rourke should be sad. <laughs> I've lost my bird. <laughs> I so my thing. This will be my final thing about it. Where yeah. it's like I like when Marvel movies deal with interesting themes. Right. This movie dealt with like morality. And purpose. Yeah, purpose, divine intervention, like, you know, right. what is my purpose? Like, like should you take the passenger seat or should you interfere in certain events? And it's just, I just thought they just handled it so well with across each character. That one actor who played uh, Druig 
Yeah. He was in uh, The Green Knight. You remember? He was the shitty kid that fucking captured He was. Uh, the thief. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, he was, like, one of the best in the movie. Yeah. Like, they, he was, like, intimidating and cool and, like, fucking, like, complicated. It was, mm-hmm. That was a cool performance. Even Makari, the uh, the deaf actress, who was, like, signing the whole time, I was like, this yeah. is just really cool. It's just a... I don't know, man. Also, Marvel did a speedster <sighs> with Makari way yeah. better than, like, Flash. Yes. Like, in, in the DC movies. Like, what, what the fuck? Just do that on film. What's yeah. wrong with you? Why is it, like, lightning coming out of his asshole? In, in, in Zack Schneider's Justice League, he's just like, I'm electric! Yeah. <laughs> it's stupid. It's, I know at the end of the day, it's just, like, a comic book movie, right? But it just felt, like, really important in terms of, like, representation. Yeah. And some of the, like, stuff they were trying to put in the forefront. Yeah, people it. review bombing it because there's, like, a dude kiss in it. There, yeah, there's a gay romance. I, there's that a was really scene. sweet. Yeah. That was, like, a tender, like, yeah. moment in the middle of the film. You're like, oh, fuck, this is yeah. great. I don't know. I I, came, it was a good movie. I went into it kind of skeptic and I came like kind of like when I went into Guardians where I'm like, I don't really know these characters. Am I going to love them? And obviously I came out the other end loving everybody except Chris Pratt in that. And same with this where I'm just like, I don't know. Could have been Glenn characters. Harrison. It could have been Glenn Harrison. <laughs> <laughs> but at the end of this, I was like, I like this a lot. I'm interested to see what yeah. their interplay with the rest of the MCU is going to be. And I'm actually right. excited for whatever Eternals 2 could be. So if yeah. if it if it isn't just like a matter of them being like kind of seeded into the rest of the like films Guardians or like yeah. Captain Marvel. Yeah, it could be pretty cool. But, but yeah, we'll no, I just want to talk about that because I just I was pretty impressed by it. But let's get into the news. The sir. folks are wrong. Anyway, we got some news here, but I want to I want to preface right here. Um this is an actual content warning. If you as a listener have any problems um, to hearing about sexual harassment and particularly the big R word mm-hmm. uh, or assault, this is your time to bounce out now because this is we're going to dive deep into that. Sorry to get dour on you, right? But that this is what's going on, especially when we're talking about Activision Blizzard. So just to preface, there you go. Number one on here. Activision Blizzard CEO Bobby Kotick hid sexual harassment allegations from board members. That's our headline. It's not a good headline so far. Nothing that has come out of this company has been good in the last year, right? And it seems to be getting worse and worse and worse and worse. So this is a long one. Buckle up. A a lengthy and damning report has been released by the Wall Street Journal detailing previously unheard stories of sexual harassment at the company and... Bobby Kotick's mishandling and interference in response to the allegations. While recent news reports focus on incidents at Blizzard Entertainment, the Wall Street Journal reports that a female employee of Sledgehammer Games was raped by her supervisor twice in 2016 and in 2017. She went to Sledgehammer's human resources team with the accusation and was met with silence, prompting her lawyer to email Bobby Kotick directly. Under threat of lawsuit, Kotek and Activision quickly settled the matter out of court. Kotek never mentioned the allegation or the settlement to Activision's board of directors. The report says that Kotick was aware of many instances of sexual harassment at his studios, but either minimized or hid these events from the board altogether. In one instance, he stepped in to prevent the firing of a Treyarch manager, Dan Bunting, limiting recourse to counseling when the studio's HR had pushed for outright termination. Kotek is often behind the company's damage control measures. When stories of sexual harassment began pouring out of Blizzard earlier this year, Fran Townsend issued an email response calling the claims, quote, distorted and in many cases false, end quote. Townsend, who previously served in George W. Bush's administration, was vilified for the response. Kotek himself called the email tone deaf, 
The Wall Street Journal learned that Bobby Bobby himself wrote that initial email and ordered Townsend to send it under her name. He called what he wrote tone deaf and acted like it was her doing. It's an interesting way to deflect and put the blame on somebody else. What? Do you you remember like that blow up we talked about on this very show? It was over the summer. And everyone was like, well, here, here's one thing. Fran Townsend, not a great history. No. She is a major torture apologist and mm-hmm. was apparently Guantanamo is a lot of her idea, mm-hmm. by the way. Uh, so, you know, can't feel too bad. Mm-hmm. But she was the one that took the entire heat for it, right? And it was Bobby that wrote this? So Kotick's own behavior raises eyebrows right off of foreheads. In 2006, a former assistant to Kotick said he harassed her and, in a voicemail, threatened to have her killed. An Activision spokeswoman says the CEO already apologized for his hyperbolic phrasing 16 years ago and deeply regrets his tone. His tone. The tone. The tone where he threatened to kill somebody? Where he threatened to kill somebody. Yeah. That's less of a tone and more of a deliberate threat on somebody's life. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, I would say so. (laughs) Hyperbolic, though. Yeah. On November 2nd, recently appointed co-lead of Blizzard, Jen O'Neill, announced she would be leaving the company. She co-led the studio with Mikey Barra for about a month. The Wall Street Journal reports that O'Neill is leaving because she doesn't have faith in company leadership to address the harassment and improve conditions for employees. In an internal email, she reportedly wrote that she had been, quote, tokenized, marginalized, and discriminated against, end quote. Despite serving as co-lead, Activision was paying her less than her male counterpart and did not make an equal offer until after she submitted her resignation. So this is somebody who got anointed as co-lead in the midst of all of this stuff. Mm-hmm. Right when uh, Jab stepped down. Yeah. What, what was this? It was Jeffrey Abraham Brack? I think so, yeah. Jim, Jimbo Atreus Brack? I forget. So a situation where, like, there's, you know, stories about sexual misconduct and inequity and women being treated lesser than their male counterpart, counterparts, and you can't even pay her the same amount as her male co-lead. Correct. Now, uh, what? that's just... What? Digging into that a little <laughs> bit more, apparently they serve different functions. Uh, she was originally the head of uh, Vicarious Visions, sure. right? A studio owned by uh, Activision. And... They had mentioned that basically because she was doing something different, they kept the same pay when they got the co-lead uh, roles as what they were doing before, and she was already making less, and they explained that was the reason. It just sounds But like it was bullshit. like, you just made everyone, honest. you made both of them co-lead of yeah. Blizzard. Shouldn't, wait. <laughs> and apparently Mike actually fought for her to get uh, equal pay, mm-hmm. and they were in negotiations, but she finally resigned before they actually budged. So she was already like, I'm done. Right? Yeah, I don't blame her. Right. And she released a public statement about that, too, going like, well, you know, I just feel like I could I could do better uh, somewhere else. <laughs> was basically all that she said. <laughs> and it, yeah, but like, yeah. obviously, this is what's up, right? So Activision Blizzard, of course, responded to the Wall Street Journal's reporting in much the way you'd expect a company to. Quote, instances of sexual misconduct that were brought to his attention, Bobby's attention, were acted upon. The WSJ ignores important changes underway to make this the industry's most welcoming and inclusive workplace, and it fails to account for the efforts of thousands of employees who work hard every day to live up to their, and our, values. End quote. But Activision's partners aren't satisfied. 
Bloomberg has reported that Xbox's boss, Phil Spencer, told staff that he's, quote, disturbed and deeply troubled by the horrific events and actions, end quote, of Activision Blizzard and will be reevaluating their business dealings going forward. Xbox affirmed this internal statement was factual when asked. PlayStation's boss, uh, when prodded, uh, oh, I'm sorry. PlayStation's boss actually went and prodded Activision directly. Jim Ryan told Bloomberg, quote, We outreached to Activision immediately after the article was published to express our deep concern and to ask how they plan to address the claims made in the article. We do not believe their statements of response properly address the situation. End quote. No one seems to think that their statement properly addressed it. And in fact... Mm-mm. The directors of the board uh, have come together on a stance saying that they still support uh, Bobby Kotek currently. It's pathetic. Today, because this is, again, it's like Activision has a new thing for you every day that has nothing to do with video games, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Kotek apparently privately told uh, leadership of the company that when he feels like that he's unable to make a turnaround, then he will step down. So he, so he apparently will not step down until he thinks uh, it's just too far gone. Yeah, this is from Kotaku, Lou Plunkett, report Activision CEO Bobby Kotek will consider, in quotes, quitting if he can't fix company's culture. I truly don't think he can fix it because he's a main part of the problem. So, yeah. um, He already fucked up for decades. Yeah. It's already done. He, he already failed. So he should just quit. Right? Like he said he would quit if he couldn't turn it around. He didn't hasn't so the wall street journal says kotek met with blizzard's executives last friday and told them that he would consider leaving the company if he can't fix the culture problems at the video game giant uh wsj report adds mr kotek who led activision for three decades stopped short of saying he would step down in a friday meeting with executives of the company's blizzard entertainment unit but left the possibility open if misconduct issues across the company weren't fixed with speed these people said Hmm. where was that speed before Hmm. oh uh it was probably before all the articles were written about you (laughs) it's interesting when the light's on you how you act um he should be removed from his position yes like he should be fired uh and there should be no peaceful transition of power uh he should not get to see his own successor uh he (laughs) went out of his way to exonerate and reinforce this behavior yeah through the shielding that he performed for years and it sounds like <laughs> he's no dainty cookie himself mm-hmm. yeah there's another event that i didn't even write about where apparently um a a worker on a private jet that he owned the pilot had harassed her and when she went to kotek with this complaint he threatened to destroy her what the fuck this is just one of those things where it's like, can, can you believe that there's this garishly cartoonish millionaire out there that acts exactly the way that you think they would, right? Which is, I'm in power, and I'm going to do anything to stay in power, and I'm going to do anything to protect my public image as much as possible so that I can continue accruing, gaining power. I'm going to be honest, even before this, his public image wasn't looking very good. Wasn't great. In fact, he's one of the highest paid CEO in this country. Not not even in video games, in this country, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? He's a very profit-driven, shrewd individual. And apparently, he has no problems stepping on people's backs. People come to you and say, hey, there's a harmful workplace happening here, or I am being harassed. Mm-hmm. In one instance, I've been raped. 
And his response is to quickly hide it underneath the rug. This is somebody who is at the head of it. He is the head of the fucking snake for this. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, we've surmised it, but now it's like, yeah. <laughs> you hear the stories that, yeah, of course. Of course this company has a cultural problem because he is at the head of this fucking culture. Mm-hmm. He's got to go. Activision has no future with Bobby Kotek at its head. Simple as that. Yeah, I agree with that. And, I mean, we could have seen this coming from a foot away, a mile away, like any <laughs> distance. Because it's just like, he comes from the school of business types and CEOs and public-facing people that are rooted in toxic culture, in boys' club mentality, yeah. in perpetuating ideas. He comes from just old ideas that aren't very forward-thinking, aren't very inclusive. Mm. And like we've just kind of said, you know, only really serve to benefit himself, right? If any of this stuff came out, it would have tarnished the the image of ABK, and that's not something he wanted to, you know, risk. Right, he's he's one of those um, classic uh, moguls. Yeah, exactly. That does the whole say the right thing, continue to do the wrong thing. It reminds me of, like, the old banking CEOs or, like, yeah. oil tycoon conglomerates where you can see the slickness on their hands of, like, just how corrupt they are, but, like, right. he's doing it with a big smile. One of the other things, Jen O'Neill, in, the, in this internal email that the Wall Street Journal reportedly got a hold of, was saying that she had been harassed at this company in her time. She's a long-standing member of this company, mm-hmm. right? And she was at a, a, apparently a party with scantily clad women that Bobby Kotick was at. And Bobby apparently couldn't be fucked to remember that party. He was like, oh, I don't know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. A lot of it is like um, just obstinance and a lot of like, oh... I don't know. I, I can't be expected to remember everything that happens here. In fact, one of the spokespersons, uh, spokespeople for the company, went out of the way to say, well, well, he's not. He can't reasonably be aware of everything that goes on with personnel. He sure is shit aware when they email him directly with these accusations mm-hmm. and then apparently quickly does something about it to settle out of court. What the fuck? Yeah, it's it's become it's just glaring at this point, mm-hmm. right? Like his days are numbered at this company. You're rich, go fuck off. Go fuck off on an island somewhere. Just get the fuck away from people. Mm-hmm. You harm people and you've created an environment of pain and humiliation. <laughs> what the fuck? supposed to be about video games and creativity and in that you know and the industry is not perfect in fact it's shitty as fuck it's a bad industry having people like bobby kotek in this industry continues to like it almost like calcifies the problem Mm -hmm. you know you're never gonna fix the problem until you just get them out go leave bobby (laughs) what are you doing yeah i mean he's not doing anything to help this diverse environment that he so to speaks of right. like all the time and it's just like we need people who are more forward thinking who actually do have kind of the best interests of their employees and people in mind because he's never been that you know he's always been about making money about putting his company in the forefront about doing whatever he can year to year to like just show up and impress the stockholders and the people who investors and it's just i don't know it I would hope that he was leading his company with more humility, with more dignity, with more respect for the people that work there. Impossible. But it just seems like it's never been a thing. It's impossible. You you can say all you want, oh, well, I don't remember that event, but it's pretty hard to not remember a voicemail where you threatened to kill somebody. So, like, the, the, the breadcrumb trail 
of all of your underlings and all the people that you've employed and their actions lead right to you. Could you imagine having to have a response 16 years later to say, I already apologized for the event where I threatened to have somebody killed. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> he is a cartoon villain. <laughs> he yeah. needs to get out of there, right? And like for me, it's like, what? what's the point continuing at this point? Why, mm. why are you holding on to this company now? Like you've been you've been outed, dude. Yeah. You're a piece of shit. You're obviously never gonna be able to fix this culture because you're you are the problem. Mm-hmm. Why don't you just take that very, very financially beneficial L mm-hmm. and go away. Yeah, I don't know if it's the concern that like, oh, maybe he would never be able to work in video games again, but I'm sure like <laughs> any other person on his level who thinks and, and marches the same way he does will have no problem employing him. He was like paid an average of like $150 million a year. It's insane. Oh, I'm, I'm afraid. I'm afraid what's going to happen to me after <laughs> I have to step down from He's this company. Go- I think it's a pride thing for people at that point. I think early retirement's not that scary, dog. <laughs> when you're, you know massively rich mm-hmm. so see ya get the fuck out of there and that's the thing too like these it'll never the reputation of activision blizzard will not recover now mm-hmm. it will not recover until he's gone mm-hmm. that's just the truth of it the the road to rehabilitation for this company and its mm-hmm. people and its public image is a long one yep um and it needs a new board it needs new a new ceo it just needs like what, what do we always say you got to fucking rip out the the weeds and the, and the the roots of the problem something like that or the beginning of malignant it's time to cut out the cancer exactly bobby kotek is a cancer on activision blizzard or another statement is um you can't expect the people that broke you to fix you. you yeah exactly he broke this company he broke the people that depend on this company yeah. and try to thrive and grow and want to just work and be creative and do what they love yeah, you. I'm gonna hate saying this out loud. You can't say it was all him, because there's definitely individual actions from other people that they need to be held accountable for as well. But he didn't help. He perpetuated it, and right. I mean, he probably emboldened people along the way. Mm-hmm. Um, he should not be leading people. He is not a leader. Nope. He's not a professional from what I can tell. And this company needs, especially because when I think of like some of the newer people coming to like, you know, Sledgehammer or Treyarch and like the sort of people they are, they're very diverse people. They really want to build the the industry in a way that's reputable and good, right? And that makes video games a welcoming space. And he is the exact opposite of that. He should be far away from that company. Right. It, and, it's, gotten, it's gotten to the point where like all of their public facing statements about like, we want to be the most uh, welcoming and safe workplace in the industry in the world and stuff like that it's just like a parody it's a fucking parody at this point when you have it installing cameras uh under sinks pointing at toilets when you have uh what is it cubicle crawls when you have yeah the, the, the beer crawl happening yeah. in your office when you have rape getting reported and it's not being like nothing's being done about it when you have employees killing themselves I, I could keep going. Like, it's just right. none of it's good. It's just horrendous. I actually listened to the podcast from the Wall Street Journal about this because they, oh, they, yeah. they have, like, supplementary, like, content where they're like, oh, we actually have recordings of the interviews that we did for the article and stuff like that. Interesting. Um, one person who left Sledgehammer talking about their time there, they're just like, yeah, I probably I, – they're like, I don't know that I'll come back to gaming, mm-hmm. right? Because she's like, this is a problem everywhere. Um, Activision just happens to be like one of the most like visible examples of it, but yeah. like it's a problem everywhere. Yeah, it happens at AAA studios. 
Uh, it happens at mid-tier studios. Mm-hmm. It happens at indie studios where they might not even have the resources for HR and the proper protocol in place to like help people the same way. Right. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's just, <sighs> it's a tough thing, right? Um, cause it's, it's again, it's impossible. It's not, it's not a tough thing actually. And let me simplify this. It will be impossible to fix this company when the person that actively perpetuated these, these heinous activities, crimes, behavior, exonerated people that should have been, one guy should have been fired mm-hmm. after an investigation. He was like, Oh, let's salvage him. Right. All it does. Yeah. Like you said, it just emboldens, you know, it makes people feel like, Oh, I'm safe. Ubisoft has a very similar problem where if a manager fucks up, and when we say fucked up, like grope someone, makes a woman feel uncomfortable, hits on them, or worse, right? Mm-hmm. Um, all they do is displace them. Mm-hmm. All they do is go like, oh, there's still a value to the company. They're saying that this man is more valuable than the person they harassed, but we have to do something. So we're just going to move him over here real quick, right? That's the kind of thing that Kotex seems to have been doing this entire time. Imagine how many years that he's been up to this kind of thing. It's going to be one of those things where now that the spotlight's on him, I imagine there's going to be a very public ongoing investigation with it. Yeah. And we're just going to hear worse and worse accounts as time goes on. Apparently, uh, the shareholders have already sued because they feel like they've been in the dark like for I would, all these things. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, Fuck. There's got to be a term for that. Like for, for th- that premise for why they can sue where it's like, I don't know if it's like false premise uh, oh, here, or something like that. Here's a, an interesting thing as well. Um, God, what do they call the SEC, I believe? Mm-hmm. Let me check. Let me check. I need to actually fact check this. SEC. Okay. So from the Wall Street podcast, the interesting thing was that the SEC is investigating Activision. Mm-hmm. Now... They are apparently centering their investigation around the allegations of harassment, which is very unusual because they usually look into things like financial fraud, Mm -hmm. you know, like security investments and such. And when asked, like, well, why the hell would the SEC be interested in in what's going on in Activision? It's because uh, the shareholders feel like they've been lied to about, like, well, hey, this is a toxic environment. There's a lot of things that Kotick has been hiding Mm -hmm. uh, behind this. And these are things that are obviously affecting the shares and investment in the company as they come out. Yeah. So it's like if they had known earlier about these things. They would have pulled out. They would have made a different decision, mm. right? Or they would have affected their decision to continue investing in the company. So that's why the SEC is investigating them. What the fuck? Could you imagine that you fostered such a awful environment <laughs> that they have to have a new charter of investigation? Jesus Christ. So, it, Yeah. Kotick's days are numbered because they have to be. Mm-hmm. And if they aren't, if he does not step down soon, it's not going to bode well for Activision Blizzard as a company. Like, they're going to lose support completely. I am. I applaud uh, Phil Spencer and Xbox. I applaud, you know, mm-hmm. Sony for being like, hey, we're rethinking uh, our relationship with Activision. And I'm really interested to see what that looks like, if that looks like them pulling like games from their shop fronts do you think it'll get that far it could i mean we've seen it happen for smaller things like you know sony with uh all the refund situations with uh cyberpunk right and yeah that just being like oh well you kind of falsely advertise this game it's very buggy people are not happy and you know we're just we're not happy with the way you launched this game on our platform that's a simple like you know 
quality assurance thing when a game launches. This is like, yeah, this is on a whole nother level where if you have any sense of like humanity in you, you would not want to do, you want, you wouldn't want to make deals with a company like this. I would want to see it. Yeah. I would want to see it because I I think that's the actual force function in this situation, right? Because like money, money is the thing. If the money starts getting hurt, then Honestly, the board of directors are like, uh, let's see how, how much they'd support Kotick then, right? So if they pull all of Blizzard's games, for instance, or all, no, 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 all of Activision's games. Which is Call of Duty. Right. Which is huge. Off of their, even off of their digital marketplaces, yeah. right? Like, don't do anything with physical sales because obviously they're, yeah, they're you there. Can't you, really you can't. You that. can't affect those, right? But if you said like, hey, we're not going to offer this anymore, <laughs> dude, Kotick's gone like i wish that they would be so bold to do it right um and i'm sure some people are like oh it might set a dangerous precedent what about the people that are being endangered every fucking day to bring yeah. you these multi-billion dollar uh investments such as call of duty for you right like mm-hmm. that's shared money man i'd say they do it i yeah. say they should do it if not that then at least pull back on like exclusivity deals and like things that kind of like promote these games in a way sure yeah like, pull advertisement for the games on the marketplaces, you know. Oh, you know me, man. I'm going to get in there hit people with a shovel in the head. I, I mean, I, I, would, lo- <laughs> I would love to see them go, like, yeah. full cock with it. Because it's just, like, Do at it. the end of the day, they see what needs to be done. They see the wrong that's happening. And it's right. just, like, I don't know. I don't think the, the video game industry needs to be a perpetually damaged, broken system. Just because it's making money, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I like to see that there is a response, right? And we saw it in little ways with, like, the Overwatch League and Esports League with Call of Duty where, like, sponsorships were pulling out, right? Sure. Just for that alone. And that that was a small thing that needed to happen. I don't think there's any one thing, right, that is going to set it right, right? This is, like, it's a very complicated branching thing now where it's, like, whether it's pulling ads, whether it's pulling partnerships, that's one layer. Getting rid of people is another layer. Rehabilitating the company is another layer. You know, getting reparations, helping people get the resources they need, you know, whether it is mental health crises or, you know, uh, sexual assault crises or anything like that, right? Equity. Like, there's so many things that need to happen. And mm-hmm. I hope it's kind of just a signal flare for the rest of the industry for what not to do and what to do right for the people that make the industry what it is, right? right. Bobby Kotek, like, sure, you know, he made activision blizzard what it was with money and decisions but it's the people that underneath him that have been hurt and damaged that make the games that we love right Mm -hmm. he's not in there making games you know how (laughs) activision blizzard became such a profitable and large-scale corporation bobby kotek wasn't a builder he was a buyer yeah and what he would do is he would buy established companies that already knew how to do things and know how to do them phenomenally acquisitions he mm. that's what he did that's why he grew that way so it wasn't like oh i'm the i'm the man with the vision to like support this we should do a call of duty or we should do this no yeah no that man's pure business pure money pure profit there's no creativity in that man's fucking body <laughs> right so yeah so it's definitely down to the individuals with the passion creativity that we should be supporting at this point right best thing we can do is support Let's get that fucker out of there. Yeah. It sucks because there's going to be a dangerous ripple effect where, like, you know, the people that work at these studios, like, you know, Treyarch, you know, 
sledgehammer with the new fucking call of duty vanguard coming out or even overwatch 2 it's like the people working on these games still want you to support the product yeah and i you know i as much as i want to see these games get pulled and like you know the bottom dollar get hurt i i want to make sure the developers who put all their time and the effort into it you know are getting their reward and you know Hmm. that it feels like it's worth it all right because like it has to be a very difficult time to be working at that company right now yeah right to be wanting to celebrate a game uh coming out an annual shooter amidst like all these allegations and problems but it's like well they're not the ones who did it they should still get to you know celebrate their milestones right and i just i hate the adverse effects that's coming on the people who are just like trying to create in an industry that they love trying to put out the best products they can yeah it's 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 one of those um things where it's like to remove the toxicity it's like a barbed wire dragging everyone through barbed wire to get it done Mm -hmm. it's it's terrible but it's like it's how deep-rooted the problem is right what you looking at so i want to kind of leave this on a good note right because there's just so much bad with this um so this came out like four days ago from i'm reading it from game rant but it probably originated somewhere else but it's about our loved jeff kaplan yeah so some good here uh headline is ex overwatch director jeff kaplan shielded his team from corporate bs and as we all know you know he was the producer of overwatch director and he left father of video games he left blizzard i think what like kind of before all the stuff started bubbling up 2020 yeah yeah um and it it rocked me to my core because i love jeff kaplan it's a good guy um but according to one of the overwatch producers on twitter spotted by Dick Serto, Kaplan was able to protect his team from, quote, corporate BS while he was with the company. Producer Tracy Kennedy recently stated that Activision Blizzard's corporate culture was at odds with the Overwatch team prior to Kaplan's departure, which was an attempt to rectify the issue. During his goodbye speech, Jeff Kaplan referenced Activision Blizzard's cultural issues, according to Kennedy, and the ripple effects of his leaving are still being felt. Uh, specifying some of the corporate BS that he protected the team from, Kennedy stated that Kaplan would resist corporate culture and business pressures to change things that he felt would compromise Overwatch or the team behind it. Kennedy attri- uh, attributes the positivity of the Overwatch team to Kaplan's ability to shield the team from Activision Blizzard, and since his departure, several Overwatch team members have also departed. There's a few other things on here, but it's just one of those things where... Oh, here's here's from Tracy Kennedy. Uh ABK's corporate culture and business pressures to do things he felt would compromise the game or the devs. His philosophy was to shield us from it, and that's why we have the good team we do. But now the toxicity is quite public, and many have left from the shock of it. And it's just one of those things where, you know, not all of them are bad, right? And I like to hear... uh, We were worried, too, when, like, Jeff Kaplan left, where it's like, oh, is he leaving to just kind of, like, get away from the the fallout of it all? Yeah, to get ahead of, like, allegations toward him. But it's just like, no, he was probably hurt by just as much as everybody else. Mm -hmm. He was trying to, like, protect the people he worked with. And I don't know, he just seemed like his intentions were in the right place. And I just wish there were more people on the team like him, you know? I don't know. It's hard being those people, right? You become a pretty big fucking target. If he was shielding his team like that, that meant that his days were not enjoyable. Oh, yeah. He's probably getting a lot of heat from, like, people that, you know... Right. ...were getting away with stuff that Kodak would allow or... Or whatever bullshit that the company wanted, right? Whatever was happening. It's not easy having a corporate overlord, right? Mm -hmm. When you just want to make fun, cool shit. It's almost like this intrinsic at-odds relationship. You know, where it's like, no, 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 pump it out faster, do this. No, 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 no. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows what that man was struggling with? But he's been pretty quiet since. Yeah. I I hope to see him again in some uh, capacity, maybe another studio or 
the dude doesn't want to do gaming anymore, pff, fucking live your life, right? Yeah. A lot of people, when they leave gaming, they stay out for good reason. It's an unhealthy environment right now. Mm-hmm. Has been for years until, you know, things like unionization and just complete rethinks of how these workflows should go. We're going to make this industry better. But, mm-hmm. you know, the profit people, they don't want to hear that story. Yeah. That's time. That's that's waste, right? Hopefully we get there. Jeff, you are missed. Mr. Kaplan. Let's move on from this. I'm sure we'll hear more about this, but mm. I'm I'm hoping the next story that I hear about Activision Blizzard is that Kotek is gone. I'd be interested to see the uh, after effects of all the people, uh, all the employees of Activision Blizzard who are signing petitions to get. Kotek. There was a recent walkout too. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I, I want to see the follow-ups of that like in the coming week because I'm sure there's going to be even more. And it's one of those things too where people are like, it's interesting that people are doing walkouts while working from home, mm. but it's just like, well, yeah, like they're just doing what they can, you know. Yeah. In solidarity. Right. Absolutely. Number two on here. Oh, this is a bad story. (laughs) Rockstar has apologized for GTA the Trilogy of the Definitive Edition. You got your apology finally. You were demanding (laughs) last episode. I remember that. I was. I was pretty incensed. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Following a launch that can only be described as shittily, Rockstar Games has apologized to fans for the poor state of the remastered Grand Theft Auto... Ah. (laughs) Sorry. Rockstar Games has apologized to fans for the poor state of the remastered Grand Theft Auto trilogy. Quote, and this is from their blog, The updated versions of these classic games did not launch in a state that meets our own standards of quality, or the standards our fans have come to expect. We have ongoing plans to address the technical issues and to improve improve each game going forward. With each planned update, the games will reach the level of quality that they deserve to be. End quote. The funniest thing about this <laughs> is that the tweet leading to this blog post said, uh, here's our statement about the unexpected technical difficulties, which I have to say, that unexpected's doing a lot of heavy lifting in that sentence. <laughs> they had to have known. Of course. They, they had to have known. Of you need a fucking mobile port to console. You have a QA team. I'm sure people were just like bringing these bugs and problems to the forefront and you Un- guys just ignored it unless it. you told me that like <laughs> the release date was the first time you ever heard that 2k or take two was like releasing it there's the there's people no knew yeah exactly. people knew that this was the thing they just right? wanted to get it out right exactly probably it- whatever pressure to get it out and like for them it wasn't like a high high value project right like rockstar wasn't even working on it mm-hmm. it was uh grove street games that did the remasters I, who knows how involved rockstar was right but to say that like it's unexpected that's not true that's not true somebody expected it <laughs> somebody definitely expected it so I'd read more from the blog, but their website is 404 at the time of this writing. (laughs) My God. Rockstar also relisted the original versions of GTA 3, Vice City, and San Andreas on PC, which it delisted in favor of the Definitive Edition. That's a big dick move for something that's so shittily. Okay? Now... PC players that purchase the definitive first of all, I should do air quotes when I say definitive <laughs> edition, uh, will receive the original versions of the <laughs> for free all the way up until June 30th of next year. Uh, one other thing that I wanted to point out in the blog post, uh, <laughs> Rockstar said, meanwhile, we would thank the community to stop um, sending us threats and harassing us. Jesus. Ga- gamers. Gaming. Why is it wrong? Why is it bad? Daniel, what happens? 
Why are the gamers like this? Why are the studios like this? Why is gaming such a fucking epoch of pain? That we can't handle disappointment. Disappointment for old bitch games without threatening strangers online. <laughs> what happened to this society? Why are we living in in a virtual ver- version of the Warriors? <laughs> <laughs> Well, the death threats come for, like, any sort of reason, right? They, they come from, you know, Naughty Dog making decisions for The Last of Us. They come from, you know, uh, what Corley Barlog and God of War and the boat mechanics. They come for, like, Ooblets, you know, making making deals with Epic. And they come for all these different devs. And, and why? 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 I, like, I just, I couldn't imagine threatening anybody's life with any real sense of uh, urgency. Could you imagine threatening somebody's life over Vice City? (laughs) Sounds like a vice unto itself. I just don't know, man. It's bad. (laughs) I ran so far away to email death threat. (laughs) What the fuck? But, yeah, this is a bad look uh, for them on on this collection. Um... We talked about the remaster at length in the last episode. Uh, it's not doing so well. I've watched a lot of footage since then. I gotta tell you, it's kind of a treat. It's kind of a treat to see how badly botched. I watched once. So apparently they did a lot of, um, uh, how do you say, uh, machine learning and like to, no, no, no. Like basically they found a way to streamline the remastering the games, mm-hmm. right? Which is a con- kind of a common practice, right? Because you can't sure. go in and do every asset by hand for three fucking games that are open world yeah. without it's you a know, lot. dying. Um, especially with the budget that I'm sure that these games got. It's almost like they shouldn't have done it the way they did. Right. <laughs> but... <laughs> So when you do this, like, automation in the code... Yeah, that's what I meant to say. They use automation in order to, like, remaster some of this. There is this... (laughs) In Vice City, I watched somebody, like, driving by a dock. Like, there's these big, like, seawalls on the dock. Mm -hmm. And if you... If the light hit the wall in a certain way, you would see human faces (laughs) spread across (laughs) it. Because it just mistook, like, I guess whatever texture or color or line of code is like, should this be a person's face? (laughs) That's nightmarish. It was horrible. It looked like something out of a Cronenberg film. <laughs> but I gotta tell you, it's the funniest thing I've ever seen. People were pretty mad about like the rain. Uh, the rain effects are going the rain crazy. Effects to where yeah. like modders are just like, hey, we made it better because <laughs> it's some of the worst rain that's ever been seen in video games. But this this wall of faces, wall of faces. is is way worse. Oh god. Um. Well, I'm glad Rockstar came forward. And is owning it because they did a bad job with this. What if they are really in the dark on it? I, I mean, yeah, it, it's possible. It's possible, right? right? But like, there's no video way that, games are fucked up. But there's no way that Rockstar like didn't well, have any. There's no way that Take Two and Grove Street Games didn't know how bad it was. I was, was. gonna say there was no I'll way there wasn't oversight from one team to another to yeah. another. There's no way they just said, "Okay, Grove Street, just." Let it launch. Do the thing. Like, there had to have been somebody overseeing the project. It's good enough. And it was just negligent. They're just like, ah, this doesn't matter. Like, we're just doing this as a courtesy to our fan base. This isn't the moneymaker, so why should we care? Right. They're it's like, we're Grand busy Death in Auto GTA 5. 5. Yeah, exactly. So why should we care? Why should it's we care? not Red Dead Online, so why should we care? So, I don't yeah. know. Yeah. <laughs> what, a, what a fucking blunder. Pie in the face, right? Ooh, speaking of pie in the face, to speak about bad launches, I put this in the parking lot part of the dock. Mm-hmm. Uh, Battlefield 2042 is, beca- right now, it is the eighth worst reviewed game on Steam. Wow. Ever. Why? 
because <laughs> there's a donkey video you can watch of how bad it looks video games donkey yeah um it is a very glitchy messy unstable game with a lot of features missing from previous games um everyone is basically saying there's no way this game should have released this year and it did yeah it's not looking good not looking good um and it's on game pass as well which doesn't matter halo infinite came out and fucking smashed it i'm sorry dudes but yeah it is a miserable time the gamers are unhappy oh wow yeah, I, I watched sending death threats over it. Probably, yeah, probably. I don't know if there's gamers stop. Gamers stop. It doesn't matter. This is my new challenge for 2022. Yeah. Gamers stop. I think games are just too hard to make these days. Plus, under a reasonable timeline, like you just need way more time to make games of this scale. Yeah, that perform on next gen consoles. Like, I, it's the truth of it. And it's something that maybe even gamers don't want to admit to themselves, that a game that used to take three years needs six years before it's, like, yeah. not junk when you play it. Well, and the the blemishes are going to be so much more readily apparent, <laughs> yeah. you know, playing on next-gen hardware or high-end PCs, where it's just like, oh, wow. Like, I want to hear it. I want to hear what the truth is, man. It seems like games are harder and harder and harder to make in stable states, especially with online multiplayer. I... I'm talented in in my own ways, right? I could play bass guitar. Yeah, I could play some some piano scales and you know yeah. a few songs here and there. Right, uh, piano man. Yeah, little piano man. Nice. Little Final Fantasy opening theme. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know how to make video games. Me neither. Um, and it seems like a very challenging technical thing that pe- obviously people go to school for it, right? Sure. And it's it's grueling. It's a lot of hours. It's a lot of monotonous work of, of running lines of code and just making sure there's not collision and just stuff on a basic level. The people who make video games are talented. Full stop, right? Right. Um, and... Oh, I never think that it's incompetence from the actual, like, oh, yeah. game makers. I think the incompetence is thinking that games of this scale can hit annual release dates anymore. Like, it's 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 a matter of, like, time. You're not giving enough time for these things. And also, it's like, uh, they've gotten harder to make. Exactly. Games have gotten way harder to make in, in the last 10 years. Yeah, so, like, I was, all of that to say, though, like, that working on a team year to year that puts out an annual franchise that drains you it gets harder there's so many expectations there's so much that comes like with it and dealing with the, the pressures of like your stockholders or company just saying like get that call of duty out again and just like well we gotta hit our date it can't slip past that we can't delay it right yeah and shit is just getting shipped in broken states because it has to be but it, it doesn't <laughs> right i think you know there's nothing wrong with a video game getting delayed it's just a video game my dog it's not legislation right it's not fucking like don't delay my legislation you know it's not a vaccine you know it's, don't delay it, my vaccine yeah exactly oh shit like the Give it a few months. Give it however much time it needs, right? Halo Infinite got delayed a year, and it seems like it was worth it. So, it was. You know, Elden Ring got delayed, what, a month? Horizon's getting delayed. So, like, games need to get delayed for reasons, need right? more time. Um, and especially now with, like, this immense, like, burnout that everybody's feeling, working from home and everything else. It's like, you, you gotta give people out? the time to, like, recharge and, like, put in their best efforts. Because, like, you're you're really impairing the talent behind these studios by like just making them overwork and making them hit like just deadlines that are impossible to hit Mm -hmm. so i don't know it's crazy yeah it's getting crazy something's got to break yeah something is going to break okay (laughs) like it's not gonna work anymore something needs to change yeah well i got a number three on here probably the lightest news item that we have on here yeah Warner Brothers is releasing their own smash-alike fighter, 
Multiverses. I spelled it wrong in the doc. It says multiverse here. <laughs> Fucked up. Oops. Didn't we talk yeah. about this uh, like a few weeks ago as like a kind yeah, of Jeff, thing? Because Jeff Grubb, uh, a Grub Snacks, love that man. He had teased that WB was working on something. And people didn't want to believe. People didn't want to believe that Warner Brothers would want to cash in on their IP. That's the most believable thing I've ever heard. <laughs> okay. So as previewed in the IP apocalypse that was Space Jam 2, IP Wars, WB Games is releasing a multiplayer fighter featuring Warner Brothers copyrighted characters. Isn't that a fun statement? Just their, their most copyrighted characters. And there are many. Yeah, Multiversus is a platform fighter. That's what we have to say when we can't compare it to Smash Brothers, apparently. <laughs> uh, being developed by Player First Games featuring Batman, Jake the Dog, Steven Universe, Shaggy, Ultra Instinct version, and more. The game sports 1v1, 2v2, and 4-player free-for-alls. It's coming to Xbox, PlayStation 4, and 5, and PC next year is a free-to-play title, meaning they're probably going to monetize the shit out of this oh, game for yeah. the characters that you get, For right? sure. Now, I think what was really cool about this is they actually released a full launch roster of characters. We have Arya Stark, Agent Smith, Aqualad, Batman, Beetlejuice, Bugs Bunny, Chandler Bing, the prostitute Joffrey Lannister kills, the Sandworm from Doom, the Dunes from Dune, LeBron James, Osmosis Jones, Ed and Lorraine Warren, the devil that made him do it, the weird fucking reverse man from Malignant, Blade Runner's narration, Cedric Diggory's corpse, oh no. Pennywise, My the, boy. Pennywise the clown, Pennywise the band, Hogarth from the Iron Giant, Hogarth's hot mom from the Iron Giant, Christopher Nolan's inflated ego, Batman, but with nipples. Voldemort, except he says a lot of aggressively turf shit. Rebecca Hall's character from Godzilla vs. Kong because I'm super attracted to her. Rover Dangerfield. Tony Soprano. Tony Soprano's ducks. Some of the saints of Newark. Steve <laughs> Trevor, but the dead one that non-consensually invades another man's body. Brendan Fraser and Godzuki. <laughs> wow, that is an impressive right. roster. What a crazy lineup of characters. I gotta tell you. This game is gonna kill Smash Brothers. How are they gonna balance this? Who are you most excited to play as from this list? Cause... Oh my god, definitely Cedric Diggory's corpse. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Battle of Beetlejuice. <laughs> I'm in it for Brandon Fraser. I hope we get... Uh, I don't care if I have to pay for it, but I want mummy skins. I want fucking George of the Jungle skins. (laughs) Did you know that everything I named is actually a WB property (laughs) or related to something? Which is just crazy. Just like how many IPs Warner Brothers. So much. We could do the non Valak. (laughs) Who's your favorite WB? You want Neo and Trinity getting in there? Like, what do you? What do you need, man? What do you need? (laughs) The thing that fucks me up is I, I forgot that. Game of Thrones is considered like Warner like Brothers Like a WBC, yeah. yeah. So I guess all of HBO, like Max, the yeah. Maxverse, right? <laughs> the cool thing about this, aside from it being free-to-play, because I think that's really cool. Um, sure. There have been a lot I of I like free- that I don't have to spend money on it. A lot of free-to-play, uh, like kind of Smash clones, brawler-type games, platform brawlers, whatever you want to fucking call them, uh, that have been free. It's a platform fighter. Whatever. That have been free, that have been cool. I think a Brawlhalla, right? That's a pretty cool one. I see what you're doing. <laughs> um, and there have been a few other ones, too. Um, I like that it's cross-play. I like that it's got cross-save functionality as well. Oh. Um, and then the big thing is the fact that they got all this talent for it, too. They got voice talent for they it. They got Kevin Conroy. <laughs> As Batman. Yeah. Which Batman like, will never leave that role. No. They got Macy Williams for Arya Stark. They actually got Matthew. Yeah, Arya Stark wasn't a joke on that list. They got That's Matthew real. Lillard for <laughs> Ultra Instinct Also Shackley. not a joke. That's happening for sure. Yeah. So I just, I love the fact that they just got like all these like voice actors for it because it just makes it feel a bit more legitimate. 
they <laughs> remove the barrier of entry by making it free. Like, I will yeah. play it because yeah. it's free. And if it's snappy and fun, it's snappy and fun. We'll play it for whatever. A we'll, weekend or two. We'll do a fucking weekend of it, right? Yeah, we'll stream it. And but um, <laughs> there is there is like this this itch on my soul. There, 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 there is something like WB owns that wrong with the universe. This Ready Player One verse mm-hmm. that's happening, right? This consolidation, like a corporation is literally showing us its cock, right? It is pointing at its vein and winking at us, right? Inviting us to bite down, mm-hmm. and it's there's just something just ugly, the the the, the naked avarice, Daniel. Of flaunting so much IP in a singular product is 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 daunting and haunting. I am bothered by this. There are some like really jarring side by sides, like seeing Batman pummel Jake the dog, and it's just like this doesn't feel like it should be in the same game. But I want to say, yeah, that I blame well one Smash Brothers, and I blame Disney and Marvel for perpetuating the idea of a cinematic universe where everything has to be this huge fucking envelope of characters and but, properties but, well, together. Smash Brothers is like a... Here's a the celebration thing. It, of gaming. It's a yes. celebration yes. of gaming, yeah. right? There's always... It, it's it's always been made with sincerity yeah, first. For sure. What's sincere here? <laughs> Bugs Bunny and Arya Stark, two <laughs> characters that should never meet for any reason ever. I don't know. Are. <laughs> Bugs Bunny's kind of out there. He's, he's been known to, like, you know, don a sword or a hat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's. I can't take this. <laughs> There's something that makes me want to break. Like, just break at the weight of this. Watching the the reveal of it too was really interesting because like it was like a three to four minute like okay. interview slash yeah. like deep dive slash gameplay reveal of it and the dev team seems really sincere about it. They're glad to be paid. Yeah, they are. <laughs> Absolutely, like they're really happy to be doing. Um, yeah, man. If you can make a good platform fighter, man, right on, dude. Right on, man. I I I I'm I'm, I'm I'll play it. Yeah. I I don't know. I. There's certain things that excite me, you know, mm-hmm. when Marvel and Capcom characters, for some reason, have <laughs> have beef with each other. I don't right. bat an eye. I don't bat an eye. But for some reason, there's just something that, like, here's what it is. It's just a straw too far. It's too much to see Shaggy in the Batman. <laughs> well, that, that's happened before, though, like, that they've been in the same... You know, Son of a bitch, you're right. They've been in Scooby together. Then so here's like, what it is. Here's what it is. If we are going to look into the void, yeah. I want to fucking pinch my nose and deep dive straight into its cosmic pussy. We need to have John Cena. <laughs> cosmic pussy. We need to have John Cena in here. Because yeah. he was also in that Scooby-Doo crossover. Yes. And he needs to beat the absolute shit out of Keanu Reeves. And we'll see if the world smiles at this game any longer. You look like you're becoming unhinged. (laughs) Like, I don't... I'm scared for you. (laughs) When this video game releases, Daniel... (laughs) You will hear the horns... And you will know raptures come. <laughs> and it will be called 
Rapture Player One. Oh my god. <laughs> That's the build up. That's what you're working towards. Okay. I'll give you that. But we get to play as Ultra Instinct Shaggy, man. Come on. Yeah, that's pretty fun, that. right? That's I, pretty fun. I'm hoping that means that, like, whenever we do get the next Mortal Kombat game, that he will be in it and beautifully animated and kicking ass. I well, hope Ed Boon dies before what, that happens. What do you think is the next Nightmare crossover that we can get as gamers? Oh, well, like, let's think about these IP wars, yeah. right? Like, Disney's Disney, probably yeah, going to get into the game, sure. right? And that's an obvious one, right? It'd be like, you know, Mulan fighting the rest of the princesses yeah. or something. Mulan beating up Iron Man. Right, right. Shang-Chi just absolutely devastating those fucking dogs from that one, the one where they kiss in the, the spaghetti. <laughs> Lady in the Tramp. Thank you. My, I was about to say yeah. my dog, Fifo, or something. <laughs> Thanos. Killing all those kids at the Jedi Academy, just destroying. Absolutely <laughs> wrecking it. Here's here's the thing though, like how I, we have no right to like we as gamers did this. We did this because we asked for too much. Because we said, I think it's really cool to see Final Fantasy characters interact with Disney characters. We said, I think it's really fucking cool that Ryu, for some reason, is beating up Chris Redfield. We did this. We allowed this. We did this. Listen, there are some instances where I'm okay to support and perpetuate it, right? Marvel versus Capcom. It's great. It takes you for a ride, and it's a joyful ride. Kingdom Hearts, a little questionable at times. Love that series, though. A little questionable. A little questionable. questionable. You're right. Super Smash Brothers. Some of it is like, you know, do I really need to see Ganondorf fucking put his fist straight into fucking Pac-Man's mouth? I don't know. <laughs> but I'm seeing it, and it's kind of entertaining. This, though, is just yeah. like, oh, man. Where's my horror fighter? Where's my Pinhead versus Freddy Krueger? Where, 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 where's my, my, my Jigsaw? Yeah. Versus, um... Michael Myers. Michael Myers. You know? Where where's that? Yeah, I got some final girls in there doing some beat 'em up action too. Exactly. But the thing is babysitter. Let's let's say this here. Yeah, what's up? Crossovers aren't a new idea. Crossovers have been over like as long as comics have been happening, right? Right. And even before then, maybe. When when Buster Keaton uh, attacked Superman. (laughs) (laughs) We knew we knew there was a market here. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, for sure. He was, he was an old-timey, uh, like, mm-hmm. a, it's, it's fine. It doesn't matter. What was the major, uh, like, there was a Predator crossover in comics. There was, was that Predator many Predator Batman? crossovers. Or... So Batman vs. Predator okay. is one of the more popular ones. There's three of those arcs. Yeah. Uh, he's also fought, well, Aliens vs. Predator is, like, yeah, of course. opened up the door, right? But uh, there's also Predator in, in Superman. I had that one. It was pretty good. Uh, Predator has fought Judge Dredd, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Predator has fought uh, either it was like Huntress or Witchblade. Mm. Might have been Witchblade. You remember Witchblade? <laughs> <laughs> the thing about it is crossover events are just supposed to be fun. They're supposed to be hype. Sometimes they right. can be mindless. Whatever, man. Sure. They feed the masses. We get our sure. empty carbs and we laugh. There's an appetite for this, though. For those empty carbs, right? Because people do it online all the time. I don't like, know that people are asking for this. Like goat. Oh yeah, they're asking <laughs> this. They're like, oh, could Goku beat up Spider Man? And it's just True. like, I guess, probably. What? Uh, what is it called? Is the uh, famous battles in history or something where it's like, 
Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's a whole thing, but yeah, it's it's that same idea. Of like, I, there's something know. called like Super Mashup or something, right? Yeah, like I, I forget the name of like, it. Like, can Abe Lincoln beat up Hitler? You know, oh, stuff like that. Yeah, that's it's like, fun. Well, obviously, it can. Right. We 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 want yeah. to see these hypothetical mashups happen, and god damn it, there's just one company that said we happen to have just a range of fucking like. Do you want to see the little girl from The Exorcist absolutely just beat the shit out of a uh, Luna Bunny or whatever it is? <laughs> Lola Bunny. Yeah. We can make this happen. She will spider walk on that bitch. <laughs> Do you want to see Godzilla destroy Harry Potter? Yeah, I would actually. <laughs> I would love that, dude. <laughs> that would be the funniest thing ever. Well, this is going to be fun whenever it comes out. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. It's it's wacky. You will hear uh, the horns. I let's switch gears here because we're going long in the yeah, news. We're going long. Let, let's play the horns of the play section. Of play this section, episode, which we'll try and keep on the shorter end where we can. Uh, we got some things we're playing. I think two a piece, right? I'll just go with mine because like mine are lightweight compared to what you're playing. Because um, you you have Guardians of the Galaxy full impressions. Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy. Remember, you got to remember the brand, right? I never forget forget it with Marvel's Avengers, the game, because I almost am doing it as a joke at that point. (laughs) Um, And then Halo Infinite multiplayer, which you've been loving. But we'll talk about that. I'm playing these two things here, or was playing two things. Um, The first thing, I talked about it last week, Near Replicant version 1.23, whatever the fucking number string is. Who cares, right? Near Replicant for short. Yeah. Finally beat it. 10% away from the Platinum, so I have 90% of the trophy completion. I don't think I'm going to go for the Platinum because I just don't feel like grinding any more than I already have. Yeah. Um, but I got to see through every ending. Mm-hmm. Um, was it worth it is what the people are asking. <sighs> I think it was. I, I think. I think, <laughs> I think replaying the game five times and getting that final ending, yeah, I, I liked where it ended up. I was glad to put it down, um, but, you know. So are the endings different or did they expand on each other? Like, throughout the... They're different, and there's kind of an expansion of the idea of, like, what happened lore-wise with Project Gestalt and, like, you know, some of the involvement with Brother and Kaine. I think, like, the the first two endings are pretty, like, kind of uh, beholden to Brother and uh, Yona and, like, you know, them being reunited. Hmm. Yeah, You know, we talked about this near replicant a bit on the last episode, Mm -hmm. right? I want to dive into some fucking spoilers. I do. Okay. I can't have this discussion without it. Are these motherfuckers robots? Are they all robot people? They are technically vessels for the shades. Yeah. So shades are actually the humans in that world. The things you're killing the entire time? Actually humans in the world of the Black Sprawl, yeah. What happened to them? The Black Sprawl got to him. The world went to waste. And they look like the Deviants, by the way, from fucking... They, no, they look like the Heartless from well, Kingdom Hearts. Yeah, well, yeah. It's yeah. Just, but they got some Deviant qualities. Maybe. Just because yeah. they're... Not, not the tall guy ones, you know? Not the tall guy ones. But the, the doggo guy. ones that show yeah. up in the one field that you always have to cross to go to the fishing village. Yeah. But the yeah. whole thing with, like, the ending with the Shadow Lord and Brother is that, like, you are delivering yourself to be the vessel for the Shadow yeah. Lord so he can therein walk as a, quote, human... It's one of these things where there exists a, a shadow for every vessel and so on. Um, and yeah, they were basically made as a part of Project Gestalt to serve the uh, shades. Okay, yeah. so 
Why did the humans become shades? Uh, something with the black scrawl. What yeah. is the black scrawl? It is the the sickness, the visible black sickness that you see creeping on people. But it creeps in the vessels. So the black scrawl affects the vessels too? It affects everything. It affects the land. It affects the land? Yeah. What's going on with this black scrawl? I don't care, man. I you, be- you just <laughs> beat, you fucking did five endings and you're not going to tell me about this stuff? No, I need you to. I need you to put in the work on it. I go. God damn! I don't know. I'm like I got Far Cry Forever. <laughs> yeah, is what they should have called it. I got Halo Infinite. It's, infi- it's infinite. It's infinite, Daniel. What the fuck? So you I don't have time to beat this game five times to unlock the true ending and all of your anime brain power. I mean, we'll see what I get to on Christmas week, right? Yeah, that's the week I'm taking off. Yeah, we'll see. A lot of video games that week. I did do the out. first ending. I did a ending yeah. for for Near Replicant, and I enjoyed it. I got. I did pick up on some of that. Yeah, the shade. That's a big reveal. The shades are actually humans. Yeah, still kind of confused about the like who made the vessels. What the fuck was the weird, like the intro of the game where you're like fighting in a gas station? When and what was that? Uh, that was technically towards the beginning of Project Gestalt. Uh, and that is, I guess, the true brother and Yona. That version of brother is what becomes the Shadow Lord. <gasps> yeah. What? Yeah. It's, it's, so like any anime. Maybe I should go line, back and play this. It's weird and convoluted at times. Um, you kind of got me on it. Yeah, a lot of it is like what what kept me hooked was like the emotional through line of it because like some of the character work is really great uh, between brother Emil Grimoire Vice, which is the floating book, and then Kaine. I don't like how he talks to Kaine though. He calls her hussy, and that's like actually that. one of the most annoying things. Where it's like, do you have to call her hussy at every corner? Can you have any other more like biting dialogue with her? It just seems degrading. What's and stupid. a book know about like who's a hussy or yeah. not? Right? <laughs> What's going on there? There, there's some really interesting well i mean books know every words Book, books know books ev- know every words <laughs> books know every words that ever was you know? <laughs> makes sense makes yeah. sense um but there's some pretty cool twists and turns with like the first ending with uh popola and devola where it's like oh they were kind of being puppeteers and instrumenting the whole thing uh which is pretty neat really emotional beats there with, the, with some of those fights um i'm trying to think of like what the main difference is between like some of the later endings so c and d becomes kind of like a sacrifice or save sort of ending situation where like you as brother can either uh choose to sacrifice kaine because she's basically been overtaken by the black uh, sprawl and kind of has just gone berserk uh she like the shade within her is just kind of like taking over um so yeah, you the, he sounds like a new york psychopath like he stuck, does stuck in his, he stuck does in her head. You, you gotta fucking kill kaine you gotta kill you'll love it don't you yeah. love it why don't you smoke a cigarette and eat a pizza kaine why are you hanging out with these idiots what you ever read a book kaine just grab a sword kaine <laughs> yeah. feels good oh i love killing it's just it's that yeah. all yeah, the time it's really annoying yeah like, so- that was the first difference <laughs> when i jumped into like the second i was like what, what the fuck <laughs> So you get that, and then you get the uh, save uh, ending where you basically save Kaine as brother, and then that's what kind of triggers the E playthrough, where it essentially... And that's new to Replicant. That's new to Replicant. So basically what it does is it erases your save data. Which is an automata thing. Yeah, it's an automata thing. (laughs) And it makes you start over it actually makes you like put in your name so it's like who are you and then you put in your like save file name and it erases everything that's on file for it and then you create a new character so like my new character was like who am i question mark because i was like i don't know who i am anymore it's so confusing like jackie chan's who am i exactly you've seen that and no i haven't 
has a really cool stunt where he goes yeah. like slides down a glass building like one of those slanted ones he did it himself didn't that happen in rush hour too uh well not hmm. the second one but rush hour as well have it in rush hour as well maybe i'll, I'll show you what it happens in a while so you you erase your save file and then you start over actually you play the first hours of the first part of the oh, game oh where you're like the kid where you're the kid so again, you do the right? gas station scene again you okay. go back to the village for the first time and you play the game up to a certain point where you basically recruit uh kine to your party and she starts to have like these weird memory fluctuations of like wait a minute who are we fighting for? Wasn't there somebody else in our party? She's like, she's trying to remember brother basically because he sacrificed himself so she could live. Um, and then you get this ending where you get to play as her for like another two hours. And that's where it gets like really like meta and matrixy and, and crazy. Um, I think it, it does stick like a lot of its themes and landings and ideas. Um, and I, I liked it as an experience as a whole. Like I, I definitely wouldn't have stuck with it if I wasn't engaged by it. It wasn't me doing it out of spite. Yeah. Like, I'm just like, oh, I gotta finish this. I have to. Right. I, I was enjoying it, you know? It was a fun time. Well, good. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know if there was, like, the butt coming up. No, there, <laughs> there was. <laughs> I was, like, sipping the beer. Was, you were like, it was a good time. And then he just takes a chug. <laughs> great time good ass video game there you guys review new replicant great time chug <laughs> it'll it'll land pretty high on my uh, game of the year list yeah too. probably like top five okay. for me i think i want to yeah. i want to get into it yeah. though, but I, like you spent a lot you spent like 50 hours in that fucking game i did that's not even like the game i spent the most time with this year believe it or not uh but like Hades it, was the game that you spent the most time with this year right mm, you got the platinum in that game i did i think still persona 5 was the game i probably spent the most oh time royal with. Yeah. yeah okay that makes sense yeah i spent yeah. like Close to 120 hours. Well, that can't be on your game of the year list, man. So I want to call an audible, and I I need this. Like, we're going to do our obvious, like, top whatever, top five, top ten game of the year. But I want a special category for top game that we love this year that didn't come out this year. So it could be a game from any year that we played this year that we enjoyed. Metal Gear Solid 5 for me. There we go. Exactly. I will say I would go for the Platinum in Nier if it didn't require me to grind for stupid stuff. Like, you have to upgrade every of the 33 weapons to like max level and it just takes so much grind for that. like resources and then there's one to do you have to cultivate like a legendary flower and there's nothing more that i hate in that game save for fishing uh than <laughs> planting flowers and watching them. oh grow. i hated that yeah. whole thing so yeah i'm, I'm not gonna be doing did it, not so. like that shit yeah no I'm, I'm not a big harvest moon fan man mm-hmm. you know that's relaxing for some people well, i like my gardening in games where that's the sole focus right like mm-hmm um spirit fair had like kind of a, a gardening harvesting metagame about it that i thought was pretty charming and even animal crossing right? all this agriculture bullshit you know what i would like is a what? mini game in a game <laughs> photography yeah okay i would love it where it's like hey by the way why don't you just take some cool pictures you know well like a fatal, photography like that. fatal frame well okay so that's a little different <laughs> it's a little pokemon different. snap so, like, like you know it's not like oh i'm having a fun rpg it's like oh no no no, no. the only way you can survive against deadly ghosts <laughs> is, is to take pictures of them in the right way what about the first life is strange oh what about it uh she was a photographer max Caulfield. yeah the whole thing yeah i love that yeah give me more of that <laughs> okay it's always like oh i'm gonna fucking farm or fish I don't, I don't know why developers think gamers love it so much, and it's maybe because they turn around and they do love it, right? When they think of the outdoors, it's yeah. like the first thing. It's like, what do you do outside? And it's like, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> well, I even think of like one of the most popular games on 
Facebook gaming, uh, Farmville. Why'd you say it that way? Because <laughs> I, I just shuddered to think that I would ever say the words Facebook gaming. The meta <laughs> fucking <laughs> shook your bones <laughs> on this podcast. Yeah. Let's talk about a second thing here, and this will be pretty quick. Uh, I've been playing Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time on my Nintendo Switch. Hootie hoo! As part of the NSO Expansion Pack Plus, the Nintendo Switch Online. That's all. So it's in addition to the Nintendo Switch Online that was already kind of there. Uh, the initial subscription is like, I think, $20 for the year. Yeah. Um, this brings it up to 50 for the year, so. So 30 just for the Nintendo and Genesis shit? Yeah. Okay. And then I think, too, you don't have to pay extra for this, but there's the um, Animal Crossing New Horizons DLC that's kind of looped into it. Some of the extra continuous content is looped into the subscription package which is kind of crazy oh, okay. oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> sure i guess if they're doing it they're doing it i mean it seems like it's doing pretty well um this is from nintendo life where it says switch online surpasses 32 million subs uh nintendo says it will continue to improve and expand the expansion pack tier and i fucking hope so <laughs> because the expansion pack tier is not very impressive from the start right like it has like a few beloved gems from the N64 era, right? You have Super Mario 64, Mario Kart 64. Doesn't have Glover. What? <laughs> doesn't, have, doesn't have Gax, I'm sorry. Son of a bitch! Gax 64 is Does that not there? have Buck Bumble, unfortunately. What the fuck, Nintendo? Yeah. It's got Star Fox 64, though. Okay. Smash Brothers. It's got stuff coming down the line Old as well. Smash Brothers? Yeah. Fucking two polygons per character, Smash right. Brothers? Yeah, okay. <laughs> but the bulk of my time has been replaying ocarina of time right the hit zelda game where you play as the elf boy that has the little ocarina and he plays the songs that makes people mad or happy or sad and who's in the right it's hard to tell ocarina or ocarina oh it's one of those debates who's in the right i switch it i always say ocarina mm. but i think it's ocarina you think it's an ocarina yeah i've never heard of this instrument before this video game. <laughs> yeah, right <laughs> I will admit that. I owe a lot to this game. It's been very nutritious to my life as a gamer and a lover yeah. of music and just game design as a whole. And your one earring when you turned 17. Yeah, <laughs> that was the one. <laughs> you can still see the hole, you know? <laughs> and the blonde hair and the ponytail, all of right, it, man. Right, right, right. Um, your tunic. It's, it's hard to, like, you know say anything new about this game that hasn't been said before right um it, give it, it a for, shot for me <laughs> say something new about it give it a shot <laughs> say something that no one's ever said about ocarina of time say something like it prolapsed my asshole <laughs> it made me grow a third testicle because it filled me with so many hormones my body didn't know what to do with it just just bring something new to the table, right? We have another save room out there, probably talking some bullshit. Oh man, we we need to fight for our right to podcast. So the thing about Zelda for me as a franchise yeah. is like it. I very much associate it with this time of the year. It's very much a fall franchise for me because like the first time I got into Zelda like on my own and like really felt like it was a series that like. I belong to and love was with Ocarina of Time and it's because I got it during Hanukkah kind of at the tail end of November going into December and it just reminds me like of this time of year even as a kid like I'm like all right cool it's like November-ish I'm gonna play a Zelda game I'm gonna open a window I'm gonna feel that autumnal almost winter chill and it just like brings me back don't laugh 
don't laugh. <laughs> okay, this is my childhood here. You're laughing at, you know? And uh... just the way that, like, he did a little head shake yeah. when you said autumnal winter chill. <laughs> Just, this man very, loves the fall. It's very nostalgic for me, and it's like one of those yeah. things where I just associate it with a certain time of year. Um, but I, I'm just having a delightful time going back through it. Yeah, you know, just <laughs> replaying it and all of its Nintendo Switch Online jank. Um, it <laughs> does not perform very well uh, mm. on the docked version. In handheld, I was actually struggling to like see any problems with it. Where I'm like, oh, the frame rate is pretty decent. I think the original frame rate was like what, like 20. probably 20 frames per yeah, second like back on the N64. Um, but when you put it in the dock mode and it kind of like drops the resolution and frame rate a bit, you notice it. Like it chugs when you kind of go. It's crazy that it would areas. drop resolution docked. Yeah. I'm like what the fuck? It's really. Yeah, really I heard wild. the emulation is goofy. Goofy yeah, on there. Yeah, it, it needs a lot of work. People have been really complaining about it. Um, yeah. And I don't even think it's just because of the the pricing alone, right? Because like that's one of those things where like it got announced and it was like the most downvoted uh, Nintendo video on YouTube of all time. But I think it's just a quality thing. A downvote so bad that they removed the downvote button. Did you know that on YouTube? They did, yeah. Like you or you can still downvote, you just can't see the number mm-hmm. anymore. You don't fuck you with You think Nintendo. Nintendo had influence on that? Oh yeah. Oh wow. Nintendo called up YouTube and said, You cucks. Doug Bowser is like, we can't allow that shit. Yeah. They're like, you're you're done, Google. Yeah. You're done. You're not gonna get that quality Nintendo <sighs> content. It's it's rough with nintendo because i feel like they hold their catalog very close to the chest and then when they do put it out they do the bare minimal with it sure uh, unless they're doing like an hd collection right or like an hd re-release and even then it's just kind of like mm. yeah the mario um 3d all-stars collection yeah. was like eh, it was fine yeah it was like whatever the, but that wasn't like an hd collection that was just kind of like was ports. That, it was very porty wasn't yeah it? it was they just you, called it 3d all-stars yeah it's like you wanted a remaster but it, it wasn't. But from what I've heard of, like, the older, like, um, Twilight Princess HD and Wind Waker HD that came out on uh, the Wii U, um, those versions were very good. Um, and even when they do the the effort of, like, all right, we're going to do ground-up remakes, like, you know, Majora's Mask 3D and Ocarina of Time 3D for fucking 3DS. Like, those are beautiful games. First time I ever beat Ocarina of Time, by the way. I think that's just so crazy. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. It's because I never owned a copy. I had oh, to, that's I right. I had to We've continually rent a copy because I was a poor kid. Mm-hmm. Um, my dad was like, I'll fucking rent something for five bucks, but I'm never buying this for 50. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just like, but if I rent it 10 times, dad, yeah. shut up. <laughs> you know what you're talking about. You're just a kid. I want to see the new Jack Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> what? Yeah. Was Jack Ryan a thing back then? Harrison Ford. Oh. Yeah. Clear and present danger, baby. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. He was he was in two films, I think. Interesting. Yeah. No, not interesting at all. Tom Clancy's <laughs> so boring. It's so boring, dude. The Division 2 is the only good thing to come out of Tom Clancy, the south side of Splinter Cell. And Division 1. Yeah. You know, we've been having... Here's an aside. Yeah. We've been having conversations about returning to the Division 2. Remvarian has been talking about going back. I know. I would do it. I never beat Division 2. I uh, never played the New York DLC. Yeah. I think I bought it. We all bought it. Yeah. It was on sale. We had a pack that night on stream. We're like, we're all going to buy it. We're all going to buy it. And then we, we jumped stopped. It. We started playing Monster Hunter. We stopped again. playing it. Oh, you want to replay Monster Hunter? That's fucking great. <laughs> it's 
It's a lot of fun. We'll go back to it for sure, for sure. Okay. I, I mean, it's going to be hard to pull you guys away from Halo in the coming weeks, but yeah. you know, it is what it is. Yeah. Um. So my, my kind of sticking point for this, uh, otherwise, is like it's. I don't. I think it's a hard thing to suggest the Nintendo Switch Online expansion for people because it's just not like a very supplemental package and it doesn't give enough for what the price point like i think there needs to be way more of a library <laughs> out the gate and they needed to give way more love to the emulations um or if they were going to do this bad of a job at least just let me buy a proofed version of an emulation just like nintendo to show up to the party with yeah. just no chips you know yeah. they showed up and they're like it's not enough no dude well, they show up some with Dorites. fucking gold coins and stars and like if we're not playing mario what's it worth hmm. you know hmm. i've often thought about that in my life <laughs> that sucks how many games are on there I think there's only like nine uh, yeah for 30 bucks more i don't know dude well, i would pay 30 bucks more for gamecube classics mm. give me a little wave race a little luigi's mansion a little uh what's another gamecube game tarzan eternal darkness eternal dark <laughs> yeah i don't ever happen i'm gonna look up the list here because uh i definitely am forgetting some of them here um you have mario 64 mario uh kart 64 star fox 64 yoshi's story Ooh. zelda ocarina of time win back mario tennis dr mario 64 and a game that i do not know the name of because it's in japanese what is it, what is it? uh i don't know what it is is it like goten it is sin and punishment oh that's a surprise um i love yoshi's story yeah so there are some like you know yoshi does and he shits out an egg like (laughs) so there are like some like tentpole like n64 classics here but i think the library just needs to be so much bigger to justify the price because like where's mace the dark ages the sega game expansion is just like something where it's like you could have done this like where's blast core where's any of it right where's pokemon stadium oh um the the last thing i'll say here and i think that is very egregious is the button mapping really fucking sucks oh shit yeah because it doesn't yeah you don't have all the c buttons right no so what's fucking me up on the zelda playthrough the most is like you know i have such a muscle memory for like the c buttons uh the joystick and like just how to like navigate those controls and because there were three c buttons in the a and b obviously you have a b i think it's y and z or the controllers or uh, x and y whatever i don't use my switch all that often the, per- so. the pythagorean the, theorem the face buttons on the right side um it comes with the compromise of like the full c button suite so what you have to do is the uh rz so the top uh right shoulder button you have to hold that to do some of the other c buttons and it it feels so unnatural it just it feels really weird and awkward um and sounds it, fun it almost like convinced me to want to get the fucking wireless N64 controller for 50 bucks. They're sold like, out. I'm just like, no way, Nintendo. No way you're going to sucker me to get a service that isn't really worth it and also get a wireless controller. Why is the so Genesis controller game. like the same price? I don't know. What the fuck? Nintendo thinks they can get away with it and we're going to keep letting them get away with it. Nintendo are crimesters. <laughs> Criminals. All well, the way through. I'm, I'm pushing down the pain and just pushing through it because I love that game so much and it's just... it. Really makes me happy to just go back through and play it, you know. Been playing my stupid ocarina songs. I've been making the the windmill man mad. I've been stealing my horse. Rain song's my favorite. It's a good one. It's a good one. Song of Storms. What? Song of Storms. It's not Rain Song? No. 
Isn't that like a Violent Femme song? Rain song? <laughs> Might be. No way to know. Here comes the rain. Here comes the rain. Good something. The pain. I forget. You know, as much as I love Blister in the Sun, I don't know too much of Violent Femme's like discography. I know their first two albums. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Tell me all the songs right now. Add it up. <laughs> That's a good one. Feelings. This guy right here is a hard blister in the sun. Violent Femmes fan. All right, I'm gonna let you take the 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 microphone here. Tell me about two of the games you're playing. First they're... game I'll talk about very briefly with you, but it's a game that I think is a surprise this year. Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy was actually a lot of fun, and only because the story and setting and art design were so well done, so well done. But it has shitty gameplay. I'm here to tell you that I loved the game that had shitty gameplay. Now, it's not the worst gameplay in the world, right? The, it's, it's a weird way to think about it. So you play as Peter Quill, the Star-Lord himself. Mm-hmm. You don't play as the rest of the Guardians. What you do instead is you Mass Effecty control them when their cooldown maneuvers are cooled up. Yeah. I don't know what you call it. And then you initiate. You know, you got Drax in here doing his slam a dam. You hold on to, like, one of the shoulder buttons and uh, press one of the face buttons. They have, like, four face buttons to go attack and go go beat up the weird aliens and shit. Again, like I said, cool designs. The aliens are super interesting to look at. Some of the game you end up fighting human-shaped enemies. It gets really boring. Hmm. Yeah. Isn't that, isn't that the worst? What are, are they, like, soldier-type enemies or...? Nova Core enemies you know, fighting, sense. and then yeah. like you know, weird smugglers or aliens or ravagers or what have you, right? It, it dances all over Guardians of the Galaxy comic lore. If you're a fan of the films, like I am, and never read the comics, yeah. uh, you'll still like recognize some things. But there's some like deviations where you're like, what? For instance, Drac apparently killed Thanos, hmm. which is like a big like, wait, what? <laughs> I guess it's a comic book thing. It is, yeah. Um, yeah, there, there, there's different things that are just like, whoa, okay. It's very much in the comic universe, right? But the Guardians have been together forever. Uh, it's not an origin story. I, actually, I'll take that back a little bit. Kind of is. It is. It's not an origin story for the Guardians of the Galaxy, but it does take place like kind of like in their first couple of years yeah. where Drax still doesn't trust Gamora, mm-hmm. calls her the assassin constantly, mm-hmm. and um, Rocket and Groot. Uh, well, Rocket doesn't trust the leadership of Peter Quill, mm-hmm. right? Like constantly questions him. To the point that it gets kind of annoying. It's an annoying thing where he's just always shitting on you as the player character, like, the whole fucking game. and doesn't make a turnaround until, like, the last, like, two hours. And this game is, like, 20 hours, dude. Yeah, you were playing this game for probably a week and a half straight. Yeah. Like, you, you were sick uh, the week you had probably really started biting into it. And, like, you were playing it for, like, eight hours a day, it felt like. Yeah, and dude. you still weren't done by that weekend. And I was like, wow. Such a long, long fucking game, long which which is game. meaty, right? It's yeah. a meaty thing. It's like, I think it's what people wanted from Marvel's Avengers, where it's like, fuck the games as a service part. Give us more of what the single player is, but give us, like, twice as much. That was, like, one of the initial, like advertised selling points of the game like yeah. no live service elements jesus christ and it definitely seems like it plays to its benefit to have really laser focus on the single player elements and the character dynamics it does it does the story is really good the narrative is great the performances are great the, the only thing that you have to get over is like if you're like me came from the mcu movies yeah. they are doing their imitations of of those interpretations of the characters but mm-hmm. like they're off like you like when you're listening to Drax, you're just like that's some other guy. That's not Dave Bautista. Dave yeah. Bautista sounds a very exact way. Uh, Rocket does a good job. 
Groot is, of course, going to be Groot. Gamora's very different. Mm-hmm. Um, Gamora's, um, hell, I think like Jennifer Hale or somebody played Gamora. Of course. But um, yeah, Gamora's different than she is in the film. And then Peter Quill's the one that you have to get over. Like, he's still the swarmy, scumbaggy type of dude that's just kind of like, well, you know, kind of kind of deal. But um, it's it's never how, uh, what, what, what's that, that Christian guy? Uh, Chris. Chris Pratt? Yeah, never, <laughs> never quite as like I guess naturalistic as Chris Pratt gets because the dude's obviously obviously doing like an affectation, um, but you, you, it grows on you after a while, especially yeah. since the dynamics and story events are different. But the humor's there; it's really funny. You're obviously the shitheads of the universe. <laughs> um, I think it's really cool that you have. I was actually really surprised how. Even though there's, like, the core gameplay of, like, you know, I'm going to shoot, I'm going to fight these things, we'll get into it in a moment. The biggest focus of the game is literally, like, these quieter moments of being on the Milano with your crew. Really cool stylized environment, by the way. Nothing like the movies. And having conversations with them as if it's kind of Mass Effect light Mm -hmm. is, is what it's like. Not Mass Effect proper. Yeah. Like, it's not, you know, there are some multiple choices, but literally it's just to get a different conversation tree not not demonstrably affect the story but there are some things where it's like if you'll say something a character will remember it and fucking like bring it up right there's a big moment where um drax suggests that they throw rocket across a fucking bridge or like a gulf to go like lower a bridge and you have a choice to say yes or no and if you say yes uh rocket gives you shit for the rest of the game (laughs) Like, always brings it up. But Did if you, you choose that? No. I continually defended him because Drax kept on suggesting it. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like, no, no. And, like, it, it tells you, like, Rocket appreciates you defending him. <laughs> it's really like funny. Yeah, but um, the core gameplay loop, like, you get onto these planets and they're super interesting. The way that they, like, uh, like you go to familiar places like Nowhere and stuff, but mm-hmm. there's, like, new planets that aren't in the movies and whatnot. Yeah. I'm sorry that my basis point is the movies, but, like, I don't know anything about Guardians. I mean, I think that's the average, like, Marvel yeah. appreciator these days, where it's, like, their baseline is the movies, and that's okay, you know? Basically. There, there has to be an onboarding point. But, yeah, the, the environments, the alien worlds are really interesting, and it's a lot of, like, um, kind of soft tomb raider-ish platforming and then you having to use your crew to figure out like you know drax can lift heavy things so he can like lift platforms to get you like scaling the different parts and then there's like uh offshoots in the levels too where you're you're picking up like currency to upgrade yourself and stuff like that or just random shit or files to read Mm -hmm. and so the funniest thing is every time you go off on like the side branches the rest of the crew is just like standing there going like there he goes again he's (laughs) like i (laughs) gamora's like i just don't understand how his mind works like we we know where to go and he's going exactly the opposite direction (laughs) it's like it's funny Although, I will say, sometimes it gets a little annoying having, like, constant peanut gallery in this game. Mm. Like, they're always talking over each other. And if you, like, like go through a level kind of quickly, their conversations get cut off in the most arbitrary ways. Where it's like, you know, one time... I- and then it stops because you entered, like, a fight arena or some yeah. shit. Because there's just, like, too much dialogue, <laughs> you know? What, what do you think would have been a good solve for that? A good solve for that is how God of War did it. Which is like, oh, you know what? I'll tell you later. And then, like, picking up. You remember that? <sighs> yeah, Mimir was such a good plot device for right. that game of just, like, I'm going to tell you and introduce you to the world and lore of, you yeah. know, th- uh, what was it called? Midgar? Yeah. And yeah. and just always be that kind of interesting, like, kind of voice for the world. And then 
it always remembered where you were. Exactly. Really interesting. But like, but I, this is not an open world game, no. so you don't get the opportunity to go back. Like, hey, Gamora, what were you saying uh, three minutes ago before we fought fifteen dog hounds? You know, there's another game that does that too, but I forget what it was. I feel like maybe The Last of Us did that a little bit. Where I think like, so. Yeah. You would get into these like fight sprawls, and then after the conversation, would get picked up. And I just think it's like just a really great attention to detail yeah. but it's like the game seems like it just is juggling a lot yeah this game doesn't do well with that right yeah. like it, it has too much to say and not enough time to say it yeah. which is kind of funny for a fucking 20 hour game but it, it you have so i you end up doing this thing like i did which is like i'm gonna stand in place to listen to this conversation mm-hmm. which like kills the momentum of gameplay like you never really want that to happen yeah but does it kill it any more or less than you like taking time to look in the environment for like fucking costumes i guess because like at least you're doing something there like i'm exploring like because like you'll have to do things like use your equipment like you have um so star lord has kind of powers because he's like a prince's son which is different than the movies a little bit Mm -hmm. but like he well actually no the movies kind of mentioned that he's like part celestial Right? Yeah, I mean, his father was Ego. Yeah, in the comics, his dad is like a prince of an alien civilization. Mm-hmm. So he has like uh, this kind of aptitude to use, like his weapons are inherited mm-hmm. and they continue to gain elemental powers like as he goes through the story. So like you'll you'll learn how to use like ice powers, fire powers, okay. and uh, there's electric powers as well. And you use that Bioshock style to like solve environmental puzzles but very simple like tomb raider stuff where it's like shoot this with ice there you go the waterfall's no longer a problem that kind of thing so that's more interesting right like but like you will get in the moments where it's like there's nothing to explore there's obviously the golden path is right in front of me but this conversation's not done (laughs) and so i end up just like standing there going like no no no, i don't want to cut you off i want to hear it yeah but that's a that's kind of a testament to how good the writing is like, I'm, I'm not annoyed enough to be like, oh, fuck off, Rocket. Like, no, I want to be like, how's this play out? <laughs> you know? Um, so that, that, that shit's really cool. The combat, however. The combat never finds its footing. And I say that because it's this weird blend of third-person shooter slash brawler, but both aspects are really downplayed to accommodate each other mm-hmm. rather than bolstering each other. So you end up with very rudimentary, like, slap slap combat instead of the good ass fucking combat the only good thing for marvel's avengers outside of the story yeah you don't have anything like that in this game it's just like stupid like just not very good and then the shooting does one huge egregious mistake which is when you hold down l2 when when you think you're aiming it doesn't auto lock on on the nearest enemy so you do this weird like rubber bandy effect where you're just like auto shooting and your hands are going all over your body. Yeah, you look like the rubber band man like side running and yeah. shooting wildly. And instead it's like <laughs> why not give me combat like in control where I'm actually like aiming down the sights and aiming like different weak points yeah. instead of doing this like auto focus bullshit. And the reason they do it is because you're also trying to balance like abilities um, from your, the abilities from your, from your partners. Yeah. But it's a stupid way of doing it. Even Mass Effect didn't do it that way. And that's your inspiration for this. So mm-hmm. so it ends up like hurting it. And it's weird thing where the combat only ever gets adequate as you go along and get more abilities. It never gets good. It's like the worst part of the game. And if it was good, this game would be phenomenal. That's actually like a really unfortunate thing to hear that the combat does not get better. No, it doesn't. Like <laughs> It doesn't get better. And, and your enemies, unfortunately, also have these huge health pools. Yeah. Because like it's. Like, you have enemies where they're more susceptible to different types of damage from your elemental, like, Mm -hmm. shooting. But 
those are on such a limited cooldown as well where like if you use your ice abilities too much then it's done yeah there's three other dudes that need their that are susceptible to ice mm-hmm. i need the weight yeah. and so it, it, it's it just doesn't feel fine-tuned or balanced enough to be like kinetic and interesting you end up doing stupid things like well i'm gonna go run off to the side and just kind of like i guess let drax do a move or something you know yeah it just never gets engaging enough right but what kept me going was the story yeah the story was amazing dude the story did things it has an emotional hook that will surprise you on the one hand we have the familiar element from the mcu which is the created family thing Mm -hmm. which is like they the bond of the guardians gets you know tighter as you go along with the story which is an easy in but there's another element too which is um star lord has a past relationship with a woman who ends up being like the lead of Nova Corps mm-hmm. or like she becomes, and it's so funny because everyone makes fun of him for dating a cop. It's the <laughs> funniest 2021 joke I've ever heard where it's just like, ah, fucking Star-Lord just wants to date a cop. <laughs> like it's the funniest shit, dude. But um, <laughs> she, you end up learning that she has a daughter mm-hmm. and the whole game you're like, well, that's my daughter, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Right. And she ends up being one of the most like, um kind of interesting emotional hooks for the story where like you want to protect her you want to make sure she's good Mm -hmm. and the story goes to places that are just like emotionally painful like surprisingly emotionally painful especially with what's going on which Mm -hmm. is um this 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 force that is spawned out of the soul stone by the way which is really cool Mm -hmm. is basically brainwashing the entire galaxy and like you you get on this kind of desperate kind of hunt where it's like the guardians are like one of the few living organisms in the galaxy that are not affected by this hmm. like it ends up being pretty fucking cool uh by the end and you get on these cool set pieces where you go to these alien planets you go to fucking crazy spaceships larger than life like settings the art design is fucking phenomenal in this game like every time i've walked into your room while you're playing it like each new level Save for the areas where you're just kind of like walking through a temple and like just opening chests. Like it's just so vibrant with colors and just ideas. And like the final set piece that I watched you do reminded me of like a fucking Star Wars like trench run. Yeah. You fucking you have a Star Destroyer. Yeah. There, there's some, take there's down some Star Fox just, light parts, which don't go hard enough. But yeah. They're cool that they happen. Yeah. It's just it's just so inspired. And I just love that like they take the idea of the Guardians and like you know, the mythos of the comics and the movies and the idea of like, we're going to really just make this a mm-hmm. space adventure and bringing that to the game in a fun, uh, in iPod. It's funny you mentioned Star, like it's an obvious influence. They even, because of the Disney license, they reference Star Wars directly. Yeah. There's an emotional like beat in the story about a chewy action, action figure That's right. that Star-Lord has and eventually gives to his, his maybe daughter, mm-hmm. which is like, I was like, this is an actual thing in yeah. this, right? <laughs> There's actual pop culture references in this game. I'm just like, what the fuck? This is great. Cause it, usually they have to like make up some bullshit, right? Of course. <laughs> You know, like star star beaters yeah. or some shit. No, it was actually chewy. Luke Plain Man. Yeah, it, it just it it ends up being like it's one of my favorite games of this year. It surprised me. It I, absolutely surprised me. A lot of people have been saying that, mm-hmm. which is crazy because like the marketing, like the initial marketing we got for it, like kind of turned me off of it. Where it's like, sure, we saw it during E three during the Square Enix conference, and it was just like twenty minutes too long. And I'm like, I don't know that I really like what I'm seeing of this game. Yeah. Uh, so I'm I'm really happy to hear that like getting your hands on it is a completely different experience. Oh yeah. I've heard that it's just kind of 
an interesting mix of like Uncharted meets uh, with the narrative pipeline and like some of the mechanics meets Mass Effect just meets Guardians. I do wish like you know some of the mechanics and systems work better because if you're gonna pull inspiration from Mass Effect and Uncharted, yeah, you have a baked in good cover shooter there at least that you could fucking like run with rather than having this weird gummy uh, FPS or third person shooter rather that you yeah they they, they totally yeah, yeah they dropped the ball on that one right like it, it like it works but it's never quite fun that's the problem so that's the the weird thing though that i feel like i'm gonna be on mm-hmm. odds end with it where it's like the fun in between is the gameplay right yeah and like so i feel like i'm just gonna be limping along those parts just to get to the next spectacle set piece and or, that's what happens or story beat and that seems so unfortunate it's unfortunate <laughs> but it it again it is a it's sign of how good the rest of the game is like (laughs) it's so good the thing they do a a risky thing which is they literally take more time on the narrative and story beats than they do the actual like moment-to-moment gameplay Mm -hmm. and that would be terrible if the story was not good yeah but the story is really good like it's really good dog like I, i don't know what to tell you like it was a really good fucking story i was like yo at the end of that game i was like fuck yeah Fuck yeah, you landed this. Yeah, that's what everybody said is that the story is very, very strong. It's super strong. Like, it's shocking how good it is. And it gives each of the Guardians their say, Mm -hmm. you know, without diving in too deep or trying to manipulate you emotionally. It gives them their say, gets in and out of there. You know who they are. Does each character kind of have, like, their own arc Mm -hmm. or thing that they kind of go through within the game? Yes and no. Um the clever thing is that they go through their own little arc things within the guise of the greater story. So it's not gotcha. like you have to go out of your way like uh, like in Mass Effect 2 and be like, Jacob, what's going on with your like, dad? Like loyalty missions? No, yeah. it's not like that. It's not like that at all. It's baked into the narrative and what's going on. Okay. Which is cool. really cool. It's, it seems like it's streamlined with that at least. Yep. So. Yeah. Okay. So you so you're never so you never lose that sense of urgency of what's happening in the greater galaxy while also learning more about your, you know, cohorts so Hmm. it's really smart smart writing in this fucking game dude like it it it, it's good yeah i gotta tell you like i'm sitting here just going like this game is like good to great even with bad gameplay which is crazy to me i think there are very few games you can say that about it's an incredibly (laughs) short list incredibly short list i have it installed on my ps5 i'm really excited to play it um i think it's going to be like that holiday game for me where i probably play it through december looks beautiful on ps5 by the way like the the art the frames everything's so fucking good in this game the music sounds pretty good too like yeah uh, licensed music you know it does the thing that guardians does where it's like obviously 80s inspired and 70s inspired I will complain about one other thing, hmm. which is the, uh, what do they call them? The, the psych-up moments? The, oh, the, the huddles? The huddles yeah. are garbage. <laughs> what the fuck were you thinking? Why would you stop the action midway to have just stupid dialogue conversation that can go 50-50? Like it's either it's either you fail, mm-hmm. um, you know, hyping up your crew and only you get the the damage boost mm-hmm. or you succeed and they all get a damage boost okay but it's like the stupidest like pacing killing fucking things never never do that i always wondered what the benefit of that was so yeah. that's that's interesting there are probably better ways they could have implemented that because that's not a bad uh, idea yeah like literally just have it be like i trigger Over it on the, and you do it on trigger i just i trigger it once and then everyone goes like hell yeah peter and then there you yeah. go you're done what the fuck because it, it only happens on after you do a set amount of damage anyway. Mm-hmm. 
why would you give me a fucking dice roll in the middle of it? Does it happen multiple times in, like, bigger fights? Yeah. Oh, man. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, super dumb. It's not good. <laughs> but everything else is great. Yeah. Enemy designs are super good. Fucking the bad guy's actually really good. I don't know, dude. This is a great game. I'm looking forward to it. I, I really am. The thing that's probably going to slow me down from playing it is, like, the fact that Death's Door comes out this week. I'm going to pick that up, too, and probably stream a bunch of it. Yeah, and I want to play that, mm-hmm. have my way with it, and then Guardians is probably going to be that full December game for me. So. Yeah, fair. I'll go back to near maybe in December. Although, Halo Infinite's campaign comes out in December. It does, it does. So talk to me here, because you have been out there as the Master Chief What do you himself. want me to talk about? You've been trying to finish the fight. Oh, you mean, hello! Yes. You have been screaming the praise of this game and it's not just you it's literally everybody in games media it's everybody in our discord you have people you have nick jumping in you have ram you have mr lot you have everybody coming in to play this game this game is like (laughs) coming at the same time with your partner it just feels like just a great win-win that is a good experience that sounds like something that i want to do on a regular Cadence? I'm pleased they're pleased. You yeah, know what exactly. I'm saying? <laughs> All right, man. Three, four, three should be pleased, and I'm pleased too. <laughs> okay. Uh, Halo Infinite's multiplayer, they, they fucking just dropped it on Monday of yeah. this week. And uh, I got to tell you, <clears throat> it's a great time. It's a great time, dude. So I think I, I saw a single tear just drop right there. I don't have an Xbox. Mm-hmm. I've been playing it on my PC. Runs pretty good on my PC. Yeah. Runs fine on my PC. Yeah, I got to fuck around with some things. And obviously the resolution's not like Series X. But, you know, it, it runs reasonably enough. And yeah. I don't have too many problems beyond whatever is wrong with, like, the server. Because technically, we're still in beta times. Hmm. Okay? The full release doesn't happen until the 8th or 9th of next month. Oh, wow. And that will include the campaign. <clears throat> which I'll probably switch directly to the campaign. Because I've been hearing some crazy good things about the campaign. Yeah, I, I, I hate to use this term that everybody else does, but everybody's oh, con- comparing it to Breath of the Wild yes. in terms of like its open world elements. Yeah. And that it has like kind of Far Cry type elements where you like do like outpost conquests and like take down bases. And... Which is so exciting to me. So like the other Halo games didn't quite have an open world element, right? So the other Halo games had open environments uh-huh. and some of the levels could even be mistaken for open world, but... It was set level design, right? Yeah. It was a golden path. There then you just moved on from Yeah, that you're piece. not doing missions. You're not taking on side quests. You're not doing extra shit. You're going straight to firefight to firefight until you get to the end of the level. Okay. This game apparently is is doing a different take, which is like you can explore more, and you're rewarded for your exploration, and you're taking on enemies. You can not take on enemies. It's it, it's interesting. Yeah. I'm I'm excited to get into it. It sounds infinite <clears throat> what <laughs> no I, it sounds like uh, i'm sorry guys what, what, what I, 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 saw, I saw an easy end and i took it <laughs> what did you, what did you i don't know it sounds uh very ambitious and like it's gonna be something like halo fans have never gotten before yeah the the, the halo series needed a shake-up yeah and i'm glad to hear that that's they're you know they're doing something different in the campaign that's good was five a game mm. that wasn't like well received because i don't remember hearing much about it it's not a bad game but it was like too samey too didn't really move the needle one way or another Mm -hmm. so it was just kind of middle of the road for people and so it got dropped off pretty pretty quick i played the campaign and don't even remember it Mm. part four's campaign i remember because it had a huge emotional pull to it um but it was mostly like yeah this is halo as you know it right but uh yeah let me 
I can mainly talk about the multiplayer because I've, uh, I'm not games media. I haven't played this coveted campaign, Breath of the Chief. Okay. I want to ask you at the top. Yep. Um, since you've probably played a lot of the iterations of Halo multiplayer through the years. Sure thing. What, what's the main difference for this one? The main difference with this one is um, that it borrows elements from the original game, which is you have a little more reined in arenas because it was an arena shooter kind of kind of inspired by Quake and what have you. Mm-hmm. But uh, in this game, you have all the modern bells and whistles, right? You can use power-ups that you find in the level. You can grab things like uh, like a boost or a grapple. You shoot out of a grapple that lets you just go to any part of the map. Hmm. Uh, and it goes back to the original idea of, like, 4 and 5, I think, had gave you, like, Call of Duty-esque loadouts where you're like, I want a battle rifle to start out the game. And yeah. This game says, no, you start with an assault rifle and a pistol, just like part 1. Hmm. And you have to go find the better weapons within the map. You know, kind of GoldenEye slash Halo style, right? So... It, it goes back to this classic feel while still giving you the the kind of pacing and intensity of like the more modern games. Okay. Um, so yeah, it, it is a mix of old school and new school design, which is the perfect way to go with a rehash of a game, right? Yeah, I mean, it, the franchise has been around for 20 years at this point. 20 so years? Like, you have to remix it. You have to do something new. It's true. New and old. Yeah. Familiar. Fucking, you know gonna work for the cheap seats but while giving you something that feels just so fucking tight Mm -hmm. it it feels great to play um here's what you don't know about halo because i know you haven't played halo here's the difference with halo and call of duty like why would somebody choose halo over call of duty is it the arenas no it's part of it is it the the vehicles that you can use yeah that's part of it too actually that's what i always thought about it here's the the biggest difference daniel Mm -hmm. time to kill here is the thing. Every Spartan on the field has a shield on their body. Okay. Okay? And you, when you shoot them, are shooting their shield down. Okay. But only after the Easy shield is gone is when they are a spongy, killable dude. Mm-hmm. Right? So the time to kill is a balance of figuring out, and it takes a lot of shots to get a shield down. Does the shield regenerate? It does, but only if you get out of harm's way. Okay. So again, it gets back up. So sure. you can end up taking your normal assault rifle, one of the most satisfying feeling games in the game, or okay. guns in the game, and shoot the shield to about, you have to use 75% of your clip to get a shield down mm-hmm. if you don't miss. And then you have a choice. Do I take the chance of using the rest of my clip to kill them while they are vulnerable? Mm-hmm. I mean, they can dodge out of the way, and I can end up in the situation where if I miss... I have to reload. And you, in any video game, any competitive video game, you don't want to be caught reloading in front of the enemy. Never. Because that's when they kill you, (laughs) right? Or let me swap weapons to the fucking pistol and try to get a fucking pistolero shot on this bitch. (laughs) Which is is touch and go too, because you have to have really good aim. And this is the core essence of Halo Infinite. At it, like, strip out everything else of it. It is the time to kill that differentiates this game from any other game. Any other game out there. Because you have to think strategically about, can I reasonably take down someone's shield? Mm-hmm. And that's 1v1. God forbid 
there's two combatants coming your way. Now, in quick play, you have 4v4 matches, right? So what happens is you can have, I'm going to start taking down this guy, and all the rest of my team is doing some stupid bullshit, like trying to go get a warthog or find a sniper in the map, and I'm facing down two enemies. Mm -hmm. You're done. (laughs) Right? You are done. There's no, I'm going to be a goddamn warrior unless you're fucking good Mm -hmm. right so it is this is the strategy essence of this game it is simple to to understand hard to master hard to really get in there and be like oh fuck can i actually throw a grenade in time to get the splash damage to get their shield down halfway Mm -hmm. get the shots in there before i see somebody around the corner then you start seeing crazy things though (laughs) for instance I got this guy's shield down. Oh my god, he dodged behind the corner and his friend just swapped places with him to take me out. And that is Halo. (laughs) Stripped down to its core essentials, Daniel. Sounds like Spartan Warfare. Sounds crazy. Uh, Yeah. And it definitely sounds like the most successful way to play it is with a group of people carefully coordinating. But you know what else can happen to you, Daniel? Mm, What? Maybe you don't use 75% of your assault rifle clip to get down your shield. What if you, because you have a visual cue. Sure. But it is that much. You have a visual cue. Their shield gets brighter as it gets to the end of its life. The damage. Before it just disappears. It gets like wider, right? You shoot maybe half of your clip. But you say to yourself, I'm not going to back away. I'm not going to do the Call of Duty, like the run backwards thing as I see an enemy. <laughs> oh, I do that all the time. Right. I'm going to go straight for them like a fucking cruise missile. And when I see that shield get white before it even breaks, I'm going to go in for a melee. Instant kill. Oh. You break the shield and their body in one. Okay. I was curious if melee uh-huh. was like kind of a core part of the Melee's so right core. If you happen to sneak up on an enemy with a full shield and melee them from behind... That's another instant kill. So how many matches do you <laughs> encounter where you have these melee ninjas just fucking coming up behind people and just punching through their shield? Well, that's the funny thing, right? So you have your walk and you have your sprint. Mm-hmm. When you sprint, you show up on the radar. Yeah. Like and you are loud. Mm-hmm. Right? So if somebody tries to pull that shit on you, can you hear them? You can just turn around and start feeding them yeah. some rifle fire. Hmm. <laughs> so it, it, I would say that this game beyond some of its problems that it has as a beta is very tightly balanced for this kind of ebb and flow warfare yeah it's not just about like oh let me camp somewhere and wait to get headshots you can't a headshot unless you're using a, even a sniper rifle which is a special weapon in the game mm-hmm. two shots to the head to hmm. get a kill are the biggest uh I guess game types you're doing 4v4 or does it go beyond that so there's 4v4 which has different modes which slayers your normal to 50 points kill mm-hmm. right or oddball oddball is you have this fucking glowing skull in the middle of the map that when you hold it you're accruing points but okay. if you're holding it you can't shoot and you're also slowed down you can't sprint anymore hmm. and so everyone needs to do this tug of war for the ball the skull itself okay which is interesting and that ends up uh turning into things where it's like oh can i hide on the map and, and be okay but the moment you grab the ball everyone sees you because <laughs> like you see an icon on the map going like yep he's got the red skull right there and you, everyone's on gonna be on your ass right <laughs> then there's also um capture the flag 
there's one version of the capture the flag that's like, oh, um, you get multiple flags, oh, three flags, and you win. Or one flag, which is huge map, and you have to go to the other side to capture their flag. And if it's if you take their flag and they have your flag, you can't, neither team can turn in the flag until one of them returns it, right? Uh, and then the last mode would be kind of like a domination-esque mode. I forget mm-hmm. that it's called strongholds. Okay. And you have to be holding two points out of three abc mm-hmm. in order to accrue points otherwise nothing happens okay so if you only have one you're not getting points if you have two you're good to go so it's a little different than like call of duty's domination yeah like if you, even if you have one you're still accumulating like one point per like every other second mm-hmm. but you know if the other team has two points they're obviously getting more than you yeah yeah so, in this one you need to have two points or you're not getting any points I kind of like that idea, actually. It's interesting. Yeah. It's good. It's good. And then there's Big Team Battle, which is 12v12. Mm. 12v12, you're going to have more vehicles, more flying vehicles, more warthogs, more snipers, and those bigger on... maps. Okay, that was going to be my question. Way Are bigger they maps? on bigger maps? Yeah. Okay. And you're, and you're doing mostly kind of the same modes, but you're, there's another one where you have to like um, recharge your enemy bases. So like you have to go find these battery packs, five of them in the, in the environment, mm-hmm. and bring them back to charge your base up. So all five gets one point, and you have to get to a three. Yeah. Hmm. It's, I like the objective-based modes because it's not just like free-for-all, who's going to camp, who's going to shoot. You actually have to actively be working towards a goal together. Mm-hmm. And it promotes... Some of the best teamwork I've seen. I've obviously I've jumped in with people. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm usually a shy gamer, but I'm playing with Nick. I've been playing with Trevor. Yeah. Been playing with Romarian. Been playing with Vargi. You had this stream yesterday. <laughs> yeah, dude. That went for like what felt like eight hours. It was the entirety of my work shift. It was seven hours. Some. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it was just this nonstop Halo fucking party. Uh, people jumping in the Discord and just doing the thing and. It's just, I don't know, I, I love to see it because it, like, it just reminds me of that time of just like wanting to play online shooters with your friends and yeah. just like, I don't know, it's a cool feel. We had a rotating crew, people yeah. were coming in and out, it was fucking great, dude, well, we were getting there, getting the work done. It helps that there's such like a cross-play atmosphere with it between like Games Pass on PC, Steam, and then Xbox, Xbox? itself, yeah. and like, you know, it that helps you be able to just play with as many friends as you can. Yeah, yeah, we got Mr. Lastel in there as well. Was anybody actually playing it on Xbox? Uh, I think either Mr. Lastel was or Trevor was definitely playing it on okay. Xbox. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, there, there was a bit of that. It was great. It was great fun. It when you when you're winning, you're fucking winning. Yeah. Now there's some problems with the beta. Like um, there's a ghosting problem with the melee where like it doesn't connect when it should. Even if you hear the audio cue and even if it looks like you did it on your side, the netcode is like. The latency is fucked up, so sure. you, you can end up getting killed first. And you're like, what? <laughs> they need to fix some of that. And also, there's a huge problem with... Um, so they when somebody drops out of a game, uh, it's supposed to try to backfill with another human player. And for some reason, something's wrong with that system. So instead, it'll oh, backfill no. with a bot. And it'll say like 343, whatever name. And if your team gets backfilled with a bot, you're going to lose. You're of done. course, yeah. You're done. You're cooked. They're an idiot. <laughs> I mean, they're a smart idiot. They're actually pretty adept, yeah. but they get killed easy. They do stupid things like, I'm going to go hide in the corner and get shot. And it's like, mm-hmm. fucker. They're not thinking as the same tactical, <clears throat> on the same tactical level that like a teammate would be. Thinking. And they're hard to talk to. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> yeah, but um, I love, there's some map, there's only like one map that I don't like because it's just too big and like they keep on putting things like Slayer on it and it's like not built for Slayer. Mm. Like it, it's primarily meant for the one flag mode. 
and it's terrible for everything else. I hate that map. Every other map I love. So is it all new maps, or they they do the thing that Call of Duty does, where it's like we're going to revisit a map that like oh, people um, love? So far, it's all net new net. Oh, cool. Uh, they they might introduce more stuff. Um, I think they said that they're going to add older maps from the older games, but hmm. right now it's all new maps and only a few maps. Very cool. But I think all the maps will be free to everyone, so that'd be good. Because of course we live in 2021, Daniel. They got a fucking battle pass connected to this game. God, tell me about this battle pass that made you red. Like, what? Why? Why do you need a battle pass? What's the importance of it? How does it help your leveling? So, <laughs> progression's a little funky in this game. It's not a one-to-one like in Call of Duty where it's like per kill I get points or stuff like that. Yeah, logistical, logical. Yeah, I know. Straightforward. Even other games of the battle pass follow that system. Yeah. This game is like, oh, no. It is types of matches and challenges within the match that you do. So to be things like, oh, kill three Spartans with a specific gun or or play ranked with your friends like four times, things like that, right? Because there's daily and weekly challenges, right? Because of that, originally progression was really slow, but credit to 343, they already like implemented something to fix that, where now you're getting um, more points per match from before you're only getting points per per bundle of matches, which sucked. (laughs) So you had to do like three of a type instead of just doing it once. Here's the thing. Yeah. Uh, this is obviously a, a, just a given, right? If yep. you have a multiplayer game online like that, you should have no shortage of ways to level, right? Yeah. You're doing objective-based things should be your incentive to be like, I'm going to get a bigger boon of experience, but killing people, winning, doing the standard yeah, shit I should think, always net you experience. I think 343 for three, <laughs> thing was like, we want it to be fair to everybody. So it's like, regardless of match performance, you should be earning things, but it what ends up the consequence is that it's really slow to to get points. Yeah. So they need to continue fixing it. They really need to have something where it's like, if I kill somebody or if I do like a kill frenzy, I'm getting points. Yeah. Like, don't, come on, man. Like, I, I think what they're trying to say is that like some of the above average players are going to like burn through the pass faster. And I'm just like, put in safeguards. Just say that you can only do so-and-so in amount a week or something. Yeah. You know, like, shut the fuck up. Anyway. But the battle pass itself is that you have 50 levels for a season. Mm-hmm. Other battle passes, like in Fortnite, only last about like maybe like a month or two. This one's going to last until May. Okay. This season one is called the Heroes of Reach. Fucking six months, right? Uh-huh. And you earn for every level cosmetic equipment. And you can earn up until level 50. Level 50, you get fucking crazy. Like, you have, like, a ghost rider suit where your head's on fire. Oh, shit. It's fucking crazy looking. But, yeah, I'm level 12. You've seen people with that already? No. Oh, okay. No, 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 no. No, you you can preview all the cosmetics. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, no, I was just looking at it. (laughs) (laughs) Like, that's crazy. But yeah, like some of the shit's like not interesting. Some of it's cool suits, and then of course there's other other things that you have to like buy with actual money in the store. I bought that red suit with actual money. I'm sure you did. Four dollars. <laughs> <laughs> it was red. I needed it. It was red. I mean, for a game that you're primarily gonna get for free across yeah. the board, like you know, why not put in money? Yeah, dude. Can. I don't have to buy this game. I got it through fucking Game Pass. Yeah. I'm gonna get the campaign through Game Pass. This is fucking great. <laughs> like the the future is Game Pass. They did it right. Yeah. They did it right. But yeah, the game is so much fun, dude. I I love the way that it feels. I love the the time to kill is more interesting than getting fucking viciously murdered 17 times in Call of Duty for just showing up for the party. Yeah, that's the problem with Call of Duty. Like, you spawn in a map, and if it's a small enough map, like firing range, you get killed by somebody who just sees your fucking, like, body appear, and you're like, okay, well, that's, yeah. uh, that's it. Yeah, in Call of Duty, if they see you first, you're done. 
<laughs> yeah. I mean, the good thing is, like, the instancing and, like, just kind of respawn rate is pretty quick and good. How quick to respawn, usually? It could be anywhere from 5 to 10 seconds. That's not too bad. Okay. Yeah, not too bad, but it's yeah. like you have to wait if you, like, lose. And so if you're playing oddball, yeah, that, that 10 seconds is could be a game breaker. Sure, sure. Right? Like, it gives the enemy team the advantage, right? Well, it's better than, like, Overwatch, where it's, like, you respawn and, like, you have to do the walk back to the objective. And, like, that's sometimes yeah, 30 yeah. seconds that could be a whole detriment to your team's right. success. So. Right. Yeah, it's different here. That, yeah, that doesn't sure. happen as often, which is nice. But, yeah, the game... The game's so playable. I'm probably gonna play more tonight. It's so good. It's so fucking good, dude. I love it. This is this is everything I wanted out of Halo. That's what I've been hearing, and it makes me really happy for people. If the campaign is as good as as I'm hearing, yeah. Somebody said like some crazy shit where it's like it's it's like it feels like some of the best levels, like um, the silent photographer from the original game, which was like the most open level in the first game, um, or one or two. It has the emotional beats of Part 4. I'm glad that people recognize that Part 4 had one of the best stories, even if people didn't like the gameplay. Mm-hmm. It's just like this culmination, and they're like, it's kind of like Far Cry-y and Breath of the Wild-y. And I'm just like, what? This, this game sounds fucking crazy. This might be, like, very high up on my Game of the Year. The crazy thing is, like, it's going to get, like, pushed out of a lot of Game of the Year talks in terms of, like, awards. Yeah, it didn't uh, get nominated No, because well, it had to hit, like, what, November 19th or 20th to be even set to qualify. Well, that's weird because the game comes out on the 8th. So why isn't it, like, on the list at all? November. What? I said, no. so November 19th or 20th is, like, the cut. Oh. For the Game Awards specifically is what I'm thinking of, right? So what you're saying is while the Master Chief suit jacks him off, mm-hmm. this is a no-nut November for Halo Infinite. This is a no-nut November. Jesus, Lord in heaven. But... I, I mean, even you talking about it, you're like, yes, this is going to easily creep into my top 10, top five, maybe, depending yep. on how good it is. And like, that's just, I love... I'm waiting I mean, for the campaign. The thing about Halo is it's like a known quantity, right? Like, you know, a Halo game, for the most part, is going to come out and be good in one way or another, whether it's the multiplayer or the campaign or the gameplay, at least. So, yeah. like, it's one of those things where it's like, it was a shoe in but I'm glad they had the time. They gave it another year to just like really massage it and get it all right because it felt like a lot was riding on this for three four three and Microsoft, right? In terms of like you know, yeah, it was it was such a big move to delay this for a whole fucking year. Yeah, but it was the right move because like it <laughs> feels great right now, dude. It does. Like I th- I think it was the right thing to do. The only sad part is though when the campaign comes out, it won't have co op. Co op isn't coming until next year. Oh, weird. I know. It's a balancing thing and development thing. I think it's a resources thing. Yeah. Like it was in order that they didn't want to delay the campaign and they would have had to, to add the co-op maybe. I, I, I don't know. Well, that'll make it cool. Like replay value down the line uh, wise where it's like, okay, cool. Well, we beat the campaign. We went back to the multiplayer and it's like, all right, well let's co-op it with friends and maybe on like the hardest difficulties, right? Like when we've already had our time to like learn it. So that'd be cool. Yeah, I I could see that. Like yeah. it, it still makes me sad. I hope it's not too, too like delayed, like co-op, you know? But then again, I feel like I'm going to invest some good time in this game, right? This is, this is my main multiplayer shit right now. Yeah, we don't really have a multiplayer game otherwise. It's a lot of like fleeting fancies or going back to stuff we've already played, right? Yeah, yeah, basically. Yeah. It could have been Vanguard, but, you know, Vanguard I, wants so much of our uh, 
uh, real estate on our fucking consoles. I, I can't really install it, so <laughs> yeah. I'm happy to go play this, which only was like 30 gigabytes on my PC or yeah. some shit. So fuck off. Um, I guess kind of like a, a, a just think for somebody like me who isn't like really inundated in the Halo space. Like, do you think it's friendly for like newcomers in terms of like learning? It's like yeah systems and everything because it's like a lot of what you're saying is like stuff I've seen in other shooters. Yeah, I I think this game does a good job of stripping itself down to like what were the essentials from the original game, but while still having things that you'd expect like a sprint button that wasn't something that was a mainstay in the series really yes Hmm. oh yes (laughs) you yeah you might even be able to see custom matches where you can turn off sprint to make it feel like original halo mode yeah 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 yeah, so yeah i think it's very welcoming as far as a multiplayer game um 4v4 isn't too like burdensome to deal with the maps are pretty straightforward right now at least for the launch version or the pre-launch version since we're in beta um yeah i think you could pick it up pretty easily i think the only thing again is you need to get over the time to kill mm-hmm. time to kill is going to be like oh shit like it takes a little bit of effort to take down their shield and i'm like yeah that's kind of part of the ebb and flow yeah. of it though right um but like for instance if you're rocking with a friend doing duos melting one shield ain't too bad right <laughs> in fact a lot of my kills are like you know one of my buddies on the team will set up like i took down their shield and i'm like all right let me come in and fucking slap them or something right mm. yeah so it's a lot of teamwork it encourages teamwork overall interesting yeah like more so than call of duty call of duty you can be a one-man army and that's how that game is built well a lot of the design of that is like how can i be the leader of the kill board right yes. like yeah th- this game is more about like no in order to really succeed you need to be gelling together moving together and having each other's backs but I feel like that's still like, I don't know, say you're playing on a team, maybe you're not playing together cohesively on like chat. Maybe it's like me, I'm playing with like three randos, right? Yeah. Who are also not playing together. And it becomes that free for all. I'm just playing for stats thing. Cause it happens in every game. It even it happens does. to Overwatch where it's like, oh, I'm not going to push the objective. I'm going to just try and get 50 kills in this round. Yeah. And those teams know? lose. Yeah. Like that's what I've seen. Those yeah. teams that do that lose. <laughs> they don't win the match. They might get their kills, but hey, guess what? The progression system isn't rewarding you for getting a lot of kills. Ah, okay. It, it, for specific challenges, yes. Like if you have like, oh, I need to get like five kills with the, I don't know, scatter shot or whatever the fuck sure. it's called. Sure. But you only get to do that like once per week. Okay. So it's like, yeah, if you're trying to be like a KD warrior, what does it matter? <laughs> That's for your own edification, right? <laughs> so, yeah. But it's been good because like I've had a bunch of people to play with, so I haven't really had to worry about like solo queuing that much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think you're going to have any problem with that unless you just decide to play like late at night when nobody yeah, else dude, is online. I, I, I updated my Discord so you can see if I'm on Halo or not. Oh, uh, <laughs> nerd. Yeah, dude. You got to see man. You gotta see what I'm doing, so jump in, man. This is one of those games where I'm like, not mad about people like jumping in and playing with me, right? Uh, yeah. Overwatch was different. It was weird. It, yeah, because it, <laughs> so many different people played that game, and you're just like, I don't know that I want this person jumping in and playing, but, yeah. you know, I don't know. You got a cool group of people that we've cultivated that, you know, just want to play Halo and celebrate its legacy, so. I want to play Halo right now. And <laughs> I, you're gonna, you're gonna get out there, and. I gotta make dinner. You're gonna finish the fight, as they say, so. Oh, I'm gonna finish all over that fight. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm happy for you. I'm happy for the crew. Uh, maybe one day I'll get to play it, and. Yeah, where's your Series X? You know. Your Series S, I mean. So I have to prioritize some other things this holiday season for myself. I need a new phone. We need a couch. I don't know that I should be buying a new console. 
just yet and i need a new computer so it might be a while before i'm getting in the shoot the suit that jacks me off i'm gonna have to jack myself off and that's unfortunate because i've been doing that for however many years i've been doing that 33 i've been jerking off since i was an infant (laughs) you're behind (laughs) oh i'm sorry i'm not as advanced i don't have the jerk off battle pass that let me fucking come as a kid i was born jerking Oh my god. Alright, well, we finished the fight. Let's finish the episode. Guys, thank you for listening. This was another long Save Room News Play thank you for hybrid it. situation. Save Room uh, News Plays coming at you. Hopefully, I can get this up before Thanksgiving and wish you guys a happy holiday. You should get it up before the other Save Room gets up with whatever fucking episode they have. Oh, we'll get it up there. Oh, we'll get it up. We'll, get, we'll fucking beat them down. Sons of bitches. I think it's just one guy. Sons of bitch. <laughs> no, son of a bitch. Son of a bitches. <laughs> <laughs> but guys, thank you for listening. Um, if you didn't know, you can find us on Twitter at Save Room Show. I don't really know what else to promote about that. Tell us how much you love the Halo Chief. You know, is Cortana hot? Who knows? Tell us your thoughts. Otherwise, yes. <laughs> otherwise, you can find us over at Twitch. Kevin at twitch.tv slash threader. Me, twitch.tv slash, I'm going to do it, TV. You know what it stands for. You know what it means if you don't. Are you paying attention? Finish the fight. Finish the fight. Finish the fight. But you guys have a good Thanksgiving. Eat a lot of food. Stay safe. I think a lot of the, the the highest rate of hospitalizations usually happens during Thanksgiving because of like kitchen injuries. So cook safely this year. Cook safely. Yeah. Use your mittens. Use your mittens. Don't do stupids. Don't do stupids. Don't do you, stupids. you don't have that power suit that like keeps you strong like the chief. It's true. And jacks him off. All right. God, God damn it. But where does it drain all I, that jack off? I want to challenge you. To what? <laughs> For one episode or one week to not say the phrase his suit jacks him off or any iteration <laughs> of that. Oh. So. What do I win? You win another year of friendship with your, your good friend Daniel. Did you know that my good friend Master Chief suit jacks him off? <laughs> okay. That's it. That's all I got for this. I'm cutting the mic. Thank you guys. Have a good night. Finish the fight.